and her bank. Bedfordshire police say there's been a spate of similar thefts and says it's left her emotionally drained. First of all, fury and rage that I'd been caught, going right the way down to actually blaming myself for being so stupid. I questioned really whether I was almost past my sell-by date because, you know, had I lost my marbles to do such a thing, I was convinced by the police that I wasn't the only one that had been caught and that in actual fact I I was quite sensible still and, uh, you know, anybody would have been taken in by it. Thai police say two Burmese men have confessed to killing two young British tourists. Hannah Witheridge and David Miller were found dead last month. Police say the suspect's DNA matches samples taken at the scene. The M25 in Buckinghamshire has fully reopened overnight following yesterday afternoon's oil spillage, which caused long delays. 200 litres of hydraulic fluid leaked from a lorry on the anti-clockwise carriageway between junctions 17 and 16. Government advisers have recommended that people People who regularly have more than half a bottle of wine or three pints of beer a night should be given a pill which reduces their urge to drink. About 1% of the population would be eligible. Here's Ben Ando. Nalmaphene has been on trial in Scotland for a year. It works by blocking pleasure receptors in the brain that respond to alcohol. NICE, which assesses drugs for the government, says if used together with counselling, it can help reduce drinking by more than 60% over six months. That could save around 370 lives a year and prevent thousands of alcohol-related diseases and injuries. A short-stay medical unit at Houghton Regis, which provides valuable support for patients who've just come out of hospital, is closing down. The 16-bed facility off Houghton Road provides occupational therapy and physiotherapy for patients needing intensive nursing care. It's run by South Essex Partnership NHS Trust. In sport, Lewis Hamilton was second behind teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in first practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. The second session is underway now. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by three points from Rosberg with five races to go. The weather, a misty start, followed by another sunny day, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius, but wet and windy tomorrow. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With super geek and technology expert Kate Russell taking us on a tour of the four corners of the internet. From three. Roberto Peroni. The best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I can only apologise. I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the reason you would have heard silence, it's all Catherine Boyle's fault. She should have come downstairs earlier. We were waiting to scare her. How selfish of her. Here she comes now. Shh, shh, shh. Kath. Yeah. The listener was subjected to about 45 seconds of silence because of you. I wish I had been. I've got Kelly Best jumping out on me like Kato. How's your, um, how's your, um... It was all right, but I've had a bit of a shock. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, the A-team's back, guys. Not the TV series, although I'd watch that. 
I mean the A-team in presenting breakfast shows at BBC Three Counties Radio. In other words, I mean Boyle's back off her holiday. Call it a hol- Well, we call it a holiday. Hardly. Lou Magaluf. Did you go to Magaluf? <laughs> Had a day off in Lou. She went a day off in Lou in Magaluf. Oh, this is a fun game. Let's think of toilet puns that imply that she's um, 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 been sitting on her backside for the last few days. Oh, which... No, I've been sitting on it. <laughs> Hang on, Magaluf, day off in Lou. Um, 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 Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that's two one to you, Kels. Hang on, all right, all right, all right. Um, Magaluf, oh, we've done that one. We've done that one. Um, Just think of any place, Putin. <laughs> Putin's not a place. It's certainly not a holiday. Um, Oh! Oh! Okay, okay. Magaluf. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's a fun game. You can play as well. Lots coming up in the show. Shall we have a little look and tell you what it is? Yes. Paedophile priests. Credit card con men. And Kath's back and having a laugh. I hope she's had a bath. Oh, that's just awful. I can't, I can't really... Um, no, no, no. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the pop gypsies themselves celebrating weddings with Come On Eileen.
about this song. Oh, it's awful. No, no. It's one of those songs you've heard too many times. It's yep. actually brilliant. It's like Good Vibrations, right? Good Vibrations, everyone's bored of it. If you uh, Quite often with songs like that, I try to listen to it as though I've never heard it before. Fresh Ears. This is a pop masterpiece. Mm. It, it's got the banjo, it's got the whole kind of caravan Yeah, feel. but it's just, I think that, yeah, I think you're probably right. I've heard it too much. It's been rinsed out at dodgy discos. And you've been re- rinsed out at dodgy discos. <laughs> And it well, and it just reminds me of. Come on, don't be in misery. Come on, have a dance. Come on, have a good time. Why aren't you looking at me? Um, just because I'm so upset about. I'm just reading this because I'm okay. going to be doing something serious. In okay, a yeah. I just, it just, I just think it's. A, I think it's a top pop tune. Mm. I tell you what. Later on, we'll try and get a pop expert on. Um, no, 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 no. We'll get pop. We'll get Justin Dealey. He's a pop expert. He'll love it. Exactly. And his decision is final. <laughs> Isn't it? Of course, it is. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, here is something we kind of picked up on in the bulletin yesterday and uh, talked about. Well, the story's taken a little bit more of a development. It could take two years for the Church of England to decide the fate of a paedophile priest from Luton. The vicar of St Francis, James Ogley, was sentenced to two years earlier this week after being found guilty of having obscene conversations with a 13-year-old girl online. Well, it's unlikely that he'll serve the full time. Uh, Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. Two years that the Bishop of St Albans has, deci- has to decide what to do with Mr Ogley. That does seem incredible. And that's right. According to the Church of England's Clergy Discipline Commission Code of Practice, the Bishop now of St Albans has a two-year period within which to act from the date of the sentence of imprisonment becomes conclusive. But the bishop should consider the matter and take action as soon as reasonably practicable. However, it gets worse because that two-year period is then open to interpretation. The code states, a sentence of imprisonment becomes conclusive when any appeal is con- any appeal is concluded or dismissed or abandoned. If there's no such appeal, then the two-year period starts to run from the expiration of the time limit for appeal. Where the bishop does not at any relevant time know of the conviction, the president may extend the two-year period. Right, this is a load of old guff. Let's, so, b- bearing, let's just explain what this gentleman did, OK? Bearing in mind we have young ears, so we will tread very carefully, but this is, this is proven fact. He went online, this priest went online, pretending to be a 14-year-old boy, had uh, 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 sexually explicit conversations with a 13-year-old girl, and then encouraged her, or at least attempted to encourage her, to have sex with her younger sister and her mum. And the church is deciding what they should do about it. It's just incredible. Uh, we, we have a statement from the Church of England, don't we? Yes, we do. And we would have loved to have spoken to them in person or someone from the Church of England. Maybe not everybody. The Church of England has said that the Bishop of St Albans, Dr Alan Smith, may now impose an appropriate penalty under the Clergy Discipline Measure 2003. And the Bishop of Bedford, the Right Reverend Richard Atkinson, described what constitutes as appropriate penalty. There are a range of penalties, um, um, in this case, it is, as I say, you know, it's the Bishop of Norman to decide with the church lawyers, um, but uh, prohibition certainly for a, a period or something similar is, is possible. Pr- 
prohibition for a period or something. So booting them out of the church for a little while, that's a possibility. Oh, great. Okay, fine. That, oh, that's, that's well, just why? Why not get rid of it? He won't be sacked. Is, is no. the implication? In a word, no. According to a leading barrister who's campaigning for a change in <clears throat> ecclesiastical law, Alana Lawrence, who you'll be talking to later on in the program, the Bishop of St Albans has no power to defrock a vicar. Oh, they no. can in Wales, where it's different, but not under the laws of the Church of England. Now, we asked to speak to the Bishop of St Albans, but we were told he would be in contempt if he talked about the process quite why this is is not clear because there's no jury involved but obviously the church of england operates its its own um system here yes. we do however have a further statement from the diocese of st albans it says james ogley was appointed at st francis luton in august 2011 he's been suspended from all duties as a clergyman since january 2013 and remains suspended now the Bishop of St Albans will publish information about the penalty imposed on James Ogley as soon as the Church of England's statutory internal disciplinary process has been followed. Under this process, it will take at least 28 days for the penalty to be imposed. But we know from looking at the rules that actually it could be up to two years. We had a caller yesterday. Was it John? Yes, I think right, right at the end of the show. And I, 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 I kind of cut him short because we were running out of time. And, and bizarrely, we had um, Julian Lloyd Webber on the line, uh, who had, had been in the clergy and was trying to explain the dis disciplinary process, and he was talking about this. I, John, if you're listening, I'd love to talk to you again this morning. We'd have a bit more time. Uh, but it just seems... In I I'm just so shocked. I'm really angry about this as well. The, the Church of England is always banging on about, oh, well, you know, people don't like us, people don't trust us, people don't... It's because of stuff like this. You know, it's become a cliché, primarily to talk about Catholic priests, but it's become a cliché to talk about priests, you know, fiddling around with kiddies or being inappropriate with children. And this guy did it online, although that doesn't make, I don't think makes any real significant difference. Well, when it does happen, then you need to be seen to acting upon it immediately. I think a lot of people would be shocked that the bishop does not have the power to just dismiss this person. Uh, or, if he hasn't got the power, then the bishop should come out and say, I haven't got the power to do this, but I think he should I think he should leave the church immediately. That's what he should do. And yes, welcome him back as a parishioner at a later date. Welcome him back and you know and, and uh, let him ask for forgiveness and confess and all that stuff. But he can't be a priest. You have to have complete and ultimate faith in a priest, and you wouldn't because he's a paedophile. Very angry this morning, Catherine. Lighter things to talk about as well this morning, don't worry, but your thoughts on that, please. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things are moving pretty well on the speed sensors out there at the moment. Checking the M1 and the A414, uh, things looking like they're moving fine so far. In Watford, though, Station Road is close in both directions between St Albans Road and Woodford Road, although St Albans Road is open. That's because of a fuel spillage earlier on, so it's work the work's going on there to clear that up. In Luton, on the A505 Hitchin Road, that's closed in both directions for roadworks at Mount Grace Road, between there and Borough Boundary. And looking at the M25, there's some roadworks in place still, at Junction 25 for Enfield, between there and Junction 27 for the M11. And speed restrictions are 50 miles an hour because of those. And that's not causing any hold-ups at the moment, though. No reported problems so far on the trains. I'm Samantha Braff for BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha? Yes? Have, hello, good morning. This is Ian. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, I'm saluting you, literally. Uh, have we got your morning, or is Nicola just, just pulling a sickie again? What's going on? I don't know where Nicola is, but I'm sitting in her seat. Uh, I'm so. I'm. This. The, are you going to sit with us all morning? Or yes, I believe so. Fantastic. That's good <laughs> to have you on board. And, and at last, we've got someone professional and someone who sounds like they're interested in reading and travel. Unlike the, the, the Nicola, who really, I just think we need to have a word about her. Nicola's great. 
Oh. Hello, Nicola. Oh, I see. Part of the union, is it? Oh, <laughs> solidarity amongst the workers. Oh, dear. Got a right pinko here. Thank you, Sam. I'll get her to say something bad about Nicola before the end of the show. Oh, no way. That's my skill. My only uh, discernible skill is I can get friends to uh, slag each other off within a very short period of time. Right, it's 6.18. It's uh, Friday, the 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. And police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men match samples found at the crime scene. BBC Three Counties Radio. Can I, um, can I, um, can I, um, ask a question? You know this uh, uh, horrible murder in Thailand of this young British couple and the police say they've now arrested or, or, or a man has c- confessed. But they say the, the, um, uh, the two men, the samples match the DNA and a man has confessed, mm-hmm. OK? And we can talk about this because this is in Thailand a little bit. When, it was, when that was mentioned on the news last night, oh, a man has confessed in Thailand, did anybody else go, I bet they haven't. Yeah. I, be- I bet that's not the fella. Why why was that my first, and it's still kind of my overriding reaction, I bet that's not the fella. Isn't that an odd thought to have? Is that because I don't, we don't trust the Thai police? Is it because it's so far away? Is it because they're foreign? What, what is it that's made me go, I don't buy that? Bangkok Hilton. What was the Bangkok Hilton? Wasn't that a a programme about a a prison in Bangkok and people were all thrown in there and forgotten about? Possibly. Possibly something like that. Well, we hear things all the time, don't we, about people. They've, They've got a very... Rough justice there. Let's yeah. put it that way. It's weird, isn't it? It was on the news last night. First thought, bet that's not him. I bet they made him say that. Isn't that weird? It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, supposing, right, I like listening to BBC Three Counties Radio, but I can't listen to it because I'm high on drugs. Where could I go back to listen to some of my favourite bits? If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week... You've missed things like this. Morning, what would you like to say, Mike? I think all of this needs to be exposed. There should be no anonymity for this sort of thing. But there is a way you can hear it all again. You're suggesting, then, that some of our senior politicians in this country were up to no good at a time when you worked with them. No, indeed. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio, allowing you to listen to what you missed. And are you suggesting also that if they were given anonymity, it would be unfairly protecting them when they deserve to be named and shamed? BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Anonymity. With a lipstick down his mouth And you might think he doesn't care that much at all But they always come back yeah, they always come back When he returns he puts you in a situation But it's too late to have that kind of conversation It's not your job to show this boy some education, no
your picture is the last that you will see Let's see how far this guy gets walking on his own feet But they always come back, yeah, they always come back Ooh. When he returns, he puts you in a situation But it's too late to have that kind of conversation It's not your job to show this boy some education, no Energetic, isn't she? Hey, are you sure you don't want to dance, Eddie? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, eight four five nine. I'll give you the rest of the number later on. That'll keep you listening, won't it? Now, imagine this, okay, guys, you're about to settle down for a little bit of bake off. The phone rings. Oh, who's that? I'll answer it. Hello? Oh, it's your bank. They explain there's a problem, but don't worry, because if you call the police straight away, they'll send a courier around to pick it up. Your bank card, that is. Trouble is, not your bank, it's not the police, and the courier's just some bloke. It's a scam that's catching loads of people out at the moment. We talked about it, I think, possibly even a year ago on this show. Well, among them is a 91-year-old woman from Malden in Bedfordshire, her son, John Davis. Morning, John. Morning. What happened to your mum? Same thing, exactly as you've described it. Um, They ring up, catch people on the hop, scare them, and then get them to agree to hand their cards over. The interesting thing is, is when you ring back... Although you put the phone down, they keep the line open, so the line is still to them. And that's one of the big technical catches. And that's the trick, isn't it? So you think you're speaking to your bank. They say, listen, don't just trust us. We need you to phone the police. Put your phone down and um, give them a call. Yes. Uh, But but the the line doesn't disconnect, so you're still speaking to them. And that's the technical catch behind it. You sound, obviously, uh, you sound quite angry about this. Well, I'm not terribly pleased about it. I mean, um, I think hang-drawing and quartering for the, the perpetrators of it would be too good. Because if you're talking about hitting older people like this, the stress, I mean, you can literally put them, put them in hospital. Uh, when did you find out that this was a con? Um, I found out 24 hours after it had happened because of the nature of the con. Um, and my mother didn't contact me until 24 hours afterwards. And at that point, she said, had you heard from the police? And I'm, obviously, at that point, it's, no, I haven't. Mm. We've got an issue here. How, is, uh, how long ago did this happen, John? Um, four or five weeks. Okay, it's so within the set time frame yeah, of this yeah. issue. So, uh, how's your mum now? 
She's very well. I mean, she's, it's, it's obviously very disconcerting for her. Yeah. Um, as I should imagine it is for many others. And at what point, so was, was it when she spoke to you that she found out it had yeah, been a con? because she had assumed oh, the police man. had rung me. And I, I sort of say, um, actually, well, no. Um, OK, we've got a problem here. We've got to deal with it, haven't we? Mm. So what, they, they came round, the, 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 someone came round, took her bank card. Yeah. Uh, she'd, I'm assuming she'd given them her PIN number as well. Yes. Right, OK. I mean, they asked for those mm. details over the phone, and mm. then they asked. Yeah. It's, it's very slick. It's a standard thing. You yeah. scare somebody, you catch them on the hop, you get them to do what you want. How much money they got away with? Um, too much. I mean, luck- um, luckily the bank has refunded it. Lloyd's Bank put it back. Oh, did they really? Yes, they were very good about it. Um, I've got another issue with the bank, but it's not a sort of major attack on them. But there is a structural issue I think they could address, and I don't think they're doing it. What's the structural problem, John? Right. If you look at an old person's expenditure, it's going to be very much within a set pattern, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay? Now, if you must have had this experience. You take your credit card abroad, or you take a card abroad, and you haven't told the bank, you spend it, click, it gets shut down, yeah? Yeah. Because it's an extraordinary expenditure. Now, given the fact that the banks have a monitored structure or they can follow what your expenditure is, all you need to do is to arrange with the bank to have a set limit. So if you get an extraordinary expenditure of, say, over £200, £300 without having told them, the, the card is automatically closed down in the same way. The problem is, I raised this, and again, the staff in the Lloyds Bank branch of Bedford are very good about it, but it said it's got to go higher, and mm. there doesn't seem to be the drive to take it higher. Mm. Well, listen, I suppose that the, on the plus side, the money's back. Yes, I'm very pleased. There's no argument. They're very, very Well, that's, that's excellent then. Mum's all right. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do we know if the police have got any leads onto who these dodge pots might be? The police are working on, on it very, yeah. very carefully. I mean, obviously, um, you know, that's up to the police to say, not, to, not for me to speak on behalf of the police. But they, again, were very good in terms of their support. Yeah. John, I really appreciate you sharing uh, this story with us and, and, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it might protect one or two people who are, who are a little bit more vulnerable and uh, are hearing your the, explanation. The, the golden rule has got to be, I don't care who arrives at the door, who phones you, go to your bank. Yeah. Don't trust anybody. John, thanks for your time. Lots of love to okay. Mum. Thank All you, mate. Best. Cheers. Thank there you, we mate. go. 08459 Man alive. I think we first mentioned that con about a year ago. And those dodgepots are still out there doing it. Unbelievable. Let's have a little bit of the Beach Boys, shall we, to cheer us all up. Well, East Coast girls are hip, I really dig those styles they wear.
news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's one lane closed because of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross. It's looking very slow through there because of that at the moment. In Watford, Station Road is closed in both directions between St Albans Road and Woodford Road. That's because of a fuel spillage there and clearance works going on to fix that. And in Luton, on the A505 Hitchin Road, it's closed in both directions for roadworks between Mount Grace Road and the Borough Boundary. Checking the trains as no reports of any problems so far. If you spot a problem and it's safe legal for you to do so, call 01604 234455. I'm Samantha Breath and the next update is in 15 minutes. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. The Church of England says the Bishop of St Albans has up to two years to decide what to do about James Ogley. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. And police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men who've been arrested matches samples found at the crime scene. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton was second behind teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in first practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. The second session is underway now. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by three points from Rosberg with five races to go. Stevenage skipper Ronnie Henry says he's treating tomorrow's derby against his old club Luton as just another game. It's the first football league meeting between the two clubs and Henry's first against the Hatters since lifting the conference trophy at Kenilworth Road. Oh, two great years there, obviously, uh helping him get promoted to the Football League. So it was a fantastic time there. But for me, it's another game. I've played enough of them, so it's another game for me. Yeah, OK, there's going to be that extra spark, but I'm looking forward to it just like any other game. Also in League Two tomorrow, Wickham hosts Northampton. Watford will be without the suspended Daniel Pudil for the Championship game at home to Brighton following his midweek red card. Manager Billy McKinley has been impressed with the players he's inherited in his first week in charge. It's been a bit of a whirlwind the last two or three days, as you can imagine. You know, I've enjoyed it. You know, we've not been able to do too much. So we'll only come in on Friday. And then we're obviously the two games. But they seem, they seem, they seem happy. They seem, they seem, they seem nice and focused and 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 you know ready to work hard and do well. So that's 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 been pleasing. And in League One, Milton Keynes Dons go to Yeovil. The former Coventry midfielder Carl Baker could feature in the Dons squad. In last night's Europa League matches, Tottenham drew one all at home to the Turkish side Besiktas. Everton drew one all away to Krasnodar in Russia. And Hemel Hempstead gymnast Max Whitlock leads the British team at the World Championships, which start in China today. The 21-year-old has already won European and Commonwealth titles this year. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee's BBC Three Radio. (laughs) One one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, guess give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, yeah. Ian Lee, it's cool you. Shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper. Give if us you a hear shout. Whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, morning. Give us a Princess. shout. If you, if you hear a whisper, if you give a whisper, us a shout. If you Respect. hear a whisper, 
I could do that for the next 35 minutes. Go on then, at least another one. Okay. No, come on. on. If you hear a whisper, if you hear yes, a whisper, give, uh, uh, give us a shout. Us. If you hear a whisper, one, give us one. a shout. I didn't know Dealey could do all those voices. Give us a this shout. is the thing. Justin, uh, we need to send you out to get more whispers, shouts, please. Don't we, Andrew? Yes, certainly. Thank you very much. You phone up to give Kath uh, a right rollicking now? No. No, 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 no. Oh. Me? No, no. I've the listeners? You want to call the listeners idiots? No, no, I okay. do that. Andrew, um, Ian's accused me of flirting with you over the telephone. It wasn't flirting, was it? It was high professionalism. Yes, certainly. OK. Catherine's always got her mind on the job. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you can tell. <laughs> well, Andrew, what you got for us, boss? Uh, yeah, um, I totally agree with you about this, uh, Vicar. It's a disgrace that the, the church is uh, prevaricating like this. And I think it's about time that, um, in light of things like this, that there was a separation between the church and the state, because oh. I don't agree with the House of Lords anyway, being an unelected chamber, but to have people in there simply because of their senior position in the clergy, I think that's wrong. Is that... I, permission to speak freely? Yes, speak freely. I don't, I've never said this out loud, and I'm going to say it now. I don't really understand how the House of Lords works. What's the? I don't know what the connection is between the House of Lords and the clergy. It's the check. It's the checks well, there's, and balances. There's two types what? of lords. Yeah. There, there's the lords. Uh, there's Lord temporal, Sugar, which are the lords that are appointed the by who? the uh, various, you know, Can you hear me? favors. Mm. Yeah. And the, the lords spiritual. Oh. Now the lords spiritual, you'll find are, are all senior bishops and right. archbishops okay. in the church. Which one is? Which one is Lord Coe? Lord Coe, he is he is a lord. What they call a lord temporal. Lord, he was he was appointed after his uh, handling of the you know the Olympics. I mean, after he lost his seat, he was an MP for a short while. And temporal means that when he dies, it doesn't get passed on to his children. Okay. Yeah. Who is Lord Sugar? Lord Sugar is Lord Alan Sugar, uh, the founder of uh, Mount Sullivan. Yeah, I know who he is. I mean, what, what, which what, which side does he sit on? He's a temporal. Okay, Lord it's, Vader. Uh, that's Darth. Yeah. Yeah, I've always spelled as Daft, D-A-F-T. Yeah. Now, and also, uh, what an, an extraordinary coincidence, I've got in front of me here the DVD of that thing you mentioned earlier, oh, Bangkok Hilton. Oh, all right. You got the receipt in there? Uh, no, unfortunately, I've no. looked in and I haven't got the receipt. Well, you well, knew that was a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think, right, um, it, what, uh, do you think, Andrew, when you heard that someone had been arrested for these ho- horrible murders of this young couple in uh, Thailand, did you think, yeah, I bet it's not him? No, uh, uh, you, well, you always have, have doubts, don't you? You mean... I don't always have doubts. When it's when it's British, I tend not to have doubts. Oh, Andrew does, as we heard yesterday. Well, Andrew, Andrew likes. To, Andrew doesn't trust well, the police. I, I think. I mean, you, 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 so hang on. What? You don't trust the British police, but those Thai well, police. No, oh I mean, yeah, the they're British bang police, on. The British police make mistakes, don't they? I mean, there was. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Only quite recently, local, there was those two men that were found guilty of murdering that woman, and it turned out they had nothing to do with yeah. it. And it was uh, a taxi driver that did it. Yeah. And yet, because there was DNA evidence, they. Yeah. Hadn't, they hadn't oh, probably gathered the DNA evidence, yeah. uh, so they were found guilty of murder. And in the old days, I mean, they would they would have been hung. That would have been it. Which is exactly why we can't bring back hang. gentlemen. They would have been hanged. Yeah, let's not confuse the two. Exactly, Very different. They yeah. would have been. So hung. you know, that's 
I mean, the British police make mistakes just as much as any other police. I mean, they're, they're only human. Andrew, was there a point to this call, or...? Yeah, he was agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, excellent, thank you. 08459 four double five five double five. if you want to agree with me, common sense, or disagree and speak rubbish. So, um, the, the, sun, the Sun yesterday were on top form with their punny head titles, including one... I beg your pardon? Their punny head titles, including one we couldn't talk about because it involved a man who's, who's just been arrested... But the headline was the head title was something along the lines of uh, "Stop this fox hunt." Wow! Which I know. Uh, well, th- today they've let themselves down. Oh, why? There's a woman who's nuts who's got a fake Cliff Richard doll well, in her on car. Hang on a minute. What? We'll reserve judgment on her uh, sanity. She's got a Cliff Richard dummy in her car. She's nuts. Yeah, fair enough. A Cliff Richard fan drives around with a life-size model of her idol sitting in her car to scare off criminals. And to be fair, it's got better hair. (laughs) She's convinced the mock-up of the living doll favourite keeps her safe, especially at night. (laughs) Lifelong Cliff fan Jill bought the dummy's head for £5 at a car boot sale. She and hubby David, 71, made his body from MDF, exactly the same material that the real Cliff's body's made from, (laughs) and a cushion... And dressed him in an old blazer. Anyway, so then the, the, the son have done the classic thing of five punny song titles. Go on. But they're rubbish. They're, I mean, they're really poor standard. You know what's going to happen now? By doing this, this is throwing down a challenge to the punsters listening. No, but R- Roberta can do that at drive time. But we will. The, the, this is what we'll do here, right? Well, I'll read. These are awful. You can, if you can think of better, you can. Although I don't really like those games. Top five Cliff songs about this guy, this, this dummy in a car. Number one, we don't walk anymore. <laughs> My goodness, that's rubbish. That's the best one. Number two, Bachelor Boy Racer. No need for that. Three, this doesn't even make sense. Miss You Lights. Gosh. Number four, they've not even changed the title of number four. Move it. (laughs) And here we go, number five. Congratulations. Brackets, you've passed your test. That's, wow! I mean, that is, they could have even gone car gratulations. I mean, car gratulations! But it's all rubbish, of course. It's all. I mean, this, this is awful. And the sun yesterday, girls, wasn't I? I was. I was. Yeah. I was after the show. Uh, I stripped off all my clothes, shoved the sun where the sun don't shine to make it shine, and danced around proclaiming we'd found the the, the greatest living scripture. You did a sun dance. I did a sun dance. Wow! I, I did a sun bum dance. Well. And today, I've, I'm. Reg- I feel embarrassed now. Let down by the sun, eh? What you got in the papers, Kat? Well, I was going to talk about that actually. This, oh, this idea that you put a dummy in the dry, in the passenger seat. I know quite a few women do this. Uh, Ronnie Spector, Phil Spector's wife, had to do it. He insisted that he, she put a dummy of him in the car so that other men wouldn't look at her. <laughs> it takes a special sort of person though to dress it up like Cliff Richard, I yeah. think. Yeah. And you do wonder whether um, just the deterrent of having a man in the drive in the passenger seat would be enough. Whether it's uh, people recognise it as being Cliff Richard is uh, uh, there's a question mark over that because frankly it looks like anybody else. I should probably play a record, isn't it? I was going to say, what daft things do you do to stay safe? Why are you going to say that? I thought it might be a good comedy now. What daft things do you do to, to stop yourself safe. being molested by a predator? <laughs> well, no, it's not. A, to... It's a fun bounce phoning, guys. I know no. your answer, though, Ian. Huh? I know your answer. What's my answer? <laughs> he throws his keys. I do. I do throw it. If I'm somewhere dark and uh, mischievous, I throw my keys around corners to make sure there's no one there. Why? But what would I do? The do. thing as well. If then I, they'll just take your keys. If I do think I'm going to be in your car, drive away. If there's a young gang outside Lidl's or um, I do spa, that. I put my keys through my knuckles, so I've got like oh, a yeah. super weapon. 
I've never hit anyone in my life. I wouldn't, wouldn't do any good. No. I'd probably end up doing myself I'm armed mischief. with a banana. What? I'm armed with a banana. Okay, this and is really... Main... I'm going to... Yeah, no. Wait, no, wait. No, okay. Listen. You've got 11 seconds. I'm scared of foxes, so I think I could just throw my banana at the fox and quickly get in my car. They love a banana. Are you crazy? Yeah, oh, but then they'll... God, no, no, no. is the sound of a peacock. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's one lane closed because of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross. And anti-clockwise, people are slowing down to look at the accident, so it's getting very slow around Junction 17 for Maple Cross as well. In Watford on Station Road, it's closed in both directions between St Albans Road and Woodford Road. That's because of the fuel spillage and the works to clear that up. No reported problems so far on the trains. I'm Samantha Breath for BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Friday the 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police, uh, sorry, excuse me, people living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged that he hasn't been sacked yet. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. And a Bedfordshire woman, well, I, th- I think she has got her money back. That was what the uh, the son said, wasn't it? That uh, she had got her money There's back. There's another one we're talking to who hasn't. Oh, blimey. Oh, blimey. Well, anyway, after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud, police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
slightly foggy start to the day for some of us, but uh, as that clears, we've got some decent sunshine, particularly this afternoon, and highs of about 20, 21 degrees Celsius. Now, it looks like the last warm day, really, today. Um, tonight, a bit of a wind picks up. We've got clear spells at first, but it clouds over in the early hours with lows of 13 degrees. And tomorrow morning, a murky start to the day. We've got a band of rain pushing eastwards, so we are looking at about three hours' worth of rain tomorrow with some heavy bursts within it. Um, but behind it, quite a pleasant end to the day, but brighter, fresher conditions. So we're going to be returning to the kind of temperatures that we should be having at this time of year with highs of 18 degrees Celsius. The winds also ease as well, but it's a chilly night on Saturday. Uh, Sunday's looking fairly fine with sunny spells. Monday, though, wet and windy and pretty much unsettled at the beginning of next week. That's your latest forecast. Now, it says here I should be playing a trail for uh, Strictly Come Dancing, but I do... It's on tomorrow. You all know it's on. We don't need to advertise it. I know. I don't feel like I know enough about the dancing show Put Celebrity (sighs) with a professional dancer and sees them develop through the years and go on... Not a year, through uh, the months and uh, go on an emotional journey and possibly have an affair. Well, you've summed it up and I always feel uncomfortable advertising television programmes on the radio. I know we're one BBC, but hey, if they could... If uh, the BBC Online can steal my stories, then why should we advertise television programmes, you see? I have it on good authority that Winkleman and Dave... Daily, daily, we'll be uh, talking about Three Counties Radio this Saturday. Okay, I'll play the trail. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You right, Dills? Hey, boss, how you doing? What's, what's going on? I'm just, well, I've been busy this morning. What, what do you mean? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a mug I hear? A mug of it's, coffee? It's tea? some keys. Some keys. Where are you? Just going back out into the street, don't worry. Hang on, were you indoors? Uh, yeah. You're supposed to... You're not supposed to be in this building between six and nine. You're supposed to be pounding the street. Listen, I've Get been out, out there and pound. I've been out. I'm not happy with you. Oh, what's happened? Well, you, Catherine, actually. Why? Oh. You come back this morning, you start moaning about Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah, oh, rubbish. What's going on? You're rubbish. What? Yeah. I, I don't get it either, Just. I mean, I, I'm... But I, I'm ho- where are you? Now. I'm back out into the streets now. Gosh, he's angrily raised the garage door. Right, several things, right? Yeah, we'll get on. to Dexy's in a second. Between the hours of six and nine, I want you out there pounding away. I've already been out there pounding away. But then oh, what are you doing back in? Well, I've had to come back and edit something. What have Curiously. you edited? Do you want to play this now? Should we do this now? Or should we do it after the BBC introducing track of the week? Your call. I'll tell, really tell you what, Justin, I've got it here. This is it. How long were you out there pounding away for? <sighs> I was out there for about 30 minutes producing, uh, what, right. 90 seconds. Uh, OK, so you're out there for 30 minutes. Kelly has just slipped the audio into my running order. This is what G... This is what... Uh, what's his name? 
What's the fella's name? What, Justin? Yeah. Justin Dealey. This is what Justin Dealey's been doing, he claims, spending uh, an exorbitant amount of time out there working on. Oh, I'm going to give myself a cheesy crumpet. It tastes really cheesy and good. Oh, Justin. Justin. I have not been doing that this morning. All right? I'll tell you what, we'll have it after the introducing track. All right. I tell you what, normally Kelly introduces the introducing track. Yeah. But why doesn't Kelly introduce you (laughs) introducing the introducing track? You up for that, Kels? Yeah. Okay, where you go? So, Justin, Mm. the girl that you're about to introduce is called Folly Ray, and she lives near you. She lives in Hemel. Oh, lovely. Uh, You're just about to hear, listeners, uh, Justin Dealey introduce Folly Ray from Hemel. Okay, this is a a fantastic song coming up. Um, She's from Hemel Hempstead. I hope that she looks better than the majority of the girls on the streets of Hemel. Uh, This is Folly Ray. Enjoy. Falling down like a domino, crashing to the ground. Shake it off, make this moment count. Look to the sky, I'm ready, I'm ready now. Tell me what is life, tell me what is life. That was uh, Folly Ray. Um, BBC Introducing, 8 o'clock, Saturday night. Yep. Presented by Gary Floyd. Yep. But I, I think a lot of people won't realise it's produced by you! Yeah!
What does that actually mean? What do you do it as a producer of BBC Introducing? I do it. What you hear is what I do. Yeah. I don't know what that means. What you hear is not a test, I'm just repping to the beat. Whatever the I, think, I think if you think about it, the producer of yeah. a programme is very much the brains of the operation. No. Mm. I, Without that person, yeah. it would fall apart. No, I think... I mean, obviously... See, I'm supplying Gareth with the um, yeah. canvas. Yeah, you right. pop the ideas into the monkey's the brain. Monkey. Yeah, if you give I've me drawn the, the picture, if you give me the I canvas... I to colour it in with the paints that I've given you, him you and give the, his hand. Interesting what you're saying, but the presenter is obviously the most important person when yeah, it comes yeah. to a radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Partly Please. because I can do this. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, as I was saying, with your microphones turned off, the presenter is the most important person in the show. And I think you'd agree with this, Justin. The producer is certainly yeah. there to, um, you know, to bounce ideas off of, mm. to, to mm. make cups of tea. Um, but, but ultimately, Justin, mm. it really is what down to the presenter. Absolutely. Which is why I produce myself on a Saturday between 12 and 2. Yeah. Because I don't trust anybody else. Yeah. Um, it's um, my creation and yeah. uh, it's my baby. And it's 12 to 2, Saturdays, cracking music show, mm. Just Absolutely. And it really is, is wonderful radio. What's your beef, Kath? Sorry? Oh, you see? There you go. The mm. presenter has... Kelly, is Ke- Kelly, very amusingly, Justin, just took us off air there. Great. That is... Um, that's actually a sackable offence at the BBC. Mm. Uh, I won't register an official complaint this time, Kelly, but... I was just letting you know who's, who's the real boss. Oh, right, okay. You're all idiots. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The producer and whatever Kelly does on this show are really vitally important things to think. Now, Justin. Wow. I know, there's a mutiny. Uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. It's one of those yeah. songs you be, you think you don't like, but it's because you've heard it a million times at weddings and school discos. It's actually it's a brilliant pop song. It's a masterpiece. Yep. Um, you, you kicked off the program this morning. Uh, people were, were singing in their cars, singing at home, weren't they? Uh, and then Catherine was saying, "What a load of rubbish!" So, Wasn't um, she? What I've done, I've actually taken this one to the streets, and you're about to hear the history behind the song. You requested a music expert to come on the program to explain how good this song is. Ian, I've done that for you. Take a listen to this. Oh. Loved by people and DJs alike, Come On Eileen remains one of the world's most popular songs of all time. The sound is loosely based on this. I need you, my baby, nobody else, a man, a man like you. Ah, Jimmy James and his vagabonds, a man like me. And was Eileen a real person, I hear you ask? Yes, she was. She had a relationship with Kevin Rowland at the age of just 13. As soon as people heard it, they rushed out to buy it, becoming their second UK number one after another classic, Gino. was written about the soul legend Gino Washington. Yes, they may have looked to state, but these guys, they knew their music. It won Best British Shingle at the Brits in 1983, and even this morning on the streets of Luton, some 31 years later, people are still talking about it. Dexy's Midnight Runners, come on Eileen, such a fantastic song. Yeah, I don't have time. Sorry. You just say yes? Yes, yes. Come on Eileen, one of your all-time favourites, yeah? Hey, Come on Eileen. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 
Dexy's Midnight Runners, come on Eileen, one of music's greatest moments. Oh, 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 spontaneous Ooh. round of applause. Thank you. Thank, Sir. you. Thank you. Just when I thought I knew what you were capable of, we're playing that again later on in the show, my friend. Thank that, you very much. You speak of masterpieces, that was one there. Cheers, boss. Justin, we'll speak to you later. Take care. Ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's one lane closed because of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross, and that's making it look very slow on the other di- in the other direction. Anti-clockwise on the M25, people are slowing down to look at the accident at Junction 17 for Maple Cross, so that might take you a bit longer this morning. In Bricketwood, on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's looking very heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, but in Watford, Station Road has now reopened after the fuel spillage has been cleared up between St. Old Albans Road and Woodford Road. There's no reports of problems at the moment on the trains. I'm Samantha Breath for BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Oh, Justin Dealey, you've made me smile like a, an eight-year-old boy on Christmas morning and I come down and I say they put a bow on a chopper. A bike. We'll play that again later, Justin. Thank you, mate. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, residents' anger at failure to sack Luton Vicar, DNA match in search for killers of British tourists and Bedfordshire women targeted in bank fraud. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. The Church of England says the Bishop of St Albans has up to two years to decide what to do about James Ogley, who had obscene chats online with a 13-year-old girl. People living near St Francis Church in Stopsley say his actions almost led to the preschool next to the church closing down. That would have had an absolutely detrimental effect on the community because the school is so well used. There's a preschool there, there's an awful lot of after school clubs there. Um, you know, it's a, a place for the community for other mums to meet each other. And it, it's just, I think the whole community is in shock, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed that he can, can still keep going, you know, because it's part of the community, you see. So, and, you know, it's not nice to think that he could have possibly ruined that, you know. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. David Miller and Hannah Witheridge were attacked on the holiday island of Koh Tao last month from Thailand, Jonah Fisher. This appears to be the breakthrough the Thai police have been waiting for. Two senior members of the investigation team have confirmed to the BBC that DNA tests on two Burmese men match samples left on the body of Hannah Witheridge when she was killed. The men have apparently confessed and are expected to be charged with murder this morning and presented to the media. The Conservatives have made a fresh pledge to limit the power of European judges who make rulings on human rights. The Justice Secretary, Chris Grayling, says the party is prepared to withdraw from the European Convention on Human Rights unless the UK is allowed to disregard decisions made in Strasbourg. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Anne Ferguson from Amtil handed over her account details to a gang who pretended to be from the police and her bank. Bedfordshire police say there's been a spate of similar thefts, including from a 91-year-old woman in Malden whose bank has refunded the money. Anne Ferguson says she had no idea she was being conned. Completely and utterly convincing. I was 100% at that time certain that I was talking to Santander because I had phoned them. I'd had a dialing tone. 
There was no question that the line sounded as if it had been kept open. It was a dialing tone and I had gone through all the security questions, exactly the same order. Date of birth, mother's maiden name, all the normal security questions that Santander ask. A short-stay medical unit in Houghton Regis, which provides valuable support for patients who've just come out of hospital, is closing down. The 16-bed facility off Houghton Road is run by South Essex Partnership NHS Trust. In sport, Lewis Hamilton was second behind teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in first practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. The second session is underway now. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by just three points from Rosberg with five races to go. The weather, a misty start, followed by another the sunny day, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius, but wet and windy tomorrow. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With super geek and technology expert Kate Russell taking us on a tour of the four corners of the internet. From three. Roberto Peroni. The best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Day on BBC Three Counties Radio. But first of all, this! Yeah, guys? 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 Yes. What? It is this. Yeah, unfortunately. Morning, this is Ian Lee. She's Catherine Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's back. You've had, uh, I think it's fair to say, you've had a sore bot-bot. Whoa. Eh? Um, yeah. Was your, was your bot-bot sore? Well. There you go, you I see. I took the appropriate precautions, but it's Shoved none of your up business. It. Let's just say, you say I'm better now and I'm probably about a stone lighter. You say it was none of my business. You kept sending me graphic details about what hey, was going on. That's mates. I don't, I don't want... If that's mates, I'm out. We've got to the level at which I can tell you about my episodes. I don't want to know you about... tell me about your episodes. That was different, though. That was a different... That was... Boys are allowed to talk about those things. Girls, not Oh, right. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Busy show this morning, and this time, do you know what? I actually mean it. What's coming up? Paedophile priests. Credit card con men. And for some reason, we're saluting the magic of Dexie's Midnight Runners. They are a wonderful band, oft overlooked and scorned, yet we have an amazing email of the magic of the Dexies. 08459 555 is the phone number. Do phone up and take part. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've uh, just tuned in, incredible... Uh, I didn't know Justin Dealey could actually be professional. It was an excellent, excellent piece of broadcasting. It's what we like to call in radio a package. Yeah. Um, uh, about Dexys. We'll play that before the end of the show. It was wonderful. He now thinks his job's done. He wants to go home. <laughs> no, mate. We've got to send you on to talk to some lunatic. I'm um, talk to some listeners. Uh, what are we going to do? Should we do the thing about the Cliff Richard dummy? I... What's the weirdest thing you've had in your passenger seat? Uh... Uh, I tell you what, uh, yeah, this, this is this is always a good one. Uh, yeah, what you got? What you got in your car? What you got in your car? There we go. That'll do. Just what you got in your car? Go out and do that, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've got an email about Dexies, who you've been, um, 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 I think I can say, slagging off. Well, no, that's too strong. Yeah, you I have just, to take it back after it's this. It's just such a tedious song, and whenever it comes on, I turn it off. That's it. But it's probably because it's been overplayed. 
Thank you. Hello, Ian. So, hello, Catherine. So, no, this is Lorna Inflitic. Oh, hello, Lorna. Thank you for playing the song Come On Eileen. You're welcome. Two weeks ago, my mum had a stroke hey, and sorry. lapsed into a coma. Oh, my gosh. I had been playing songs down the phone to her, and last week I played Come On Eileen, and my mum nodded her head. Oh! It's a miracle! My mum's woken up from her coma and Brilliant. is making good progress on the road to recovery. Regards, Lorna Flittig. To be honest, it would probably rouse me from a coma. Hello, Lorna. Turn that Hello, thing Lorna's thing off. So basically, what you're saying is that um, Lorna's mum should still be in a coma? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying... Hey, that good news. Strong feelings can rouse anyone from, from a coma. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't um, come out of the coma because she was angry I with Kevin she, Rowlands. I think she did. Lorna, best of luck to you and your mum. I hope things uh, continue in that direction. And it just goes to show how wonderful Dexy's Midnight Runners really are. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff indeed. 08459-455-555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, talked about this... um talked about this yesterday. Simon mentioned uh, in the bulletin, and it's a story that I think is, uh, well, they say that it's a story that's got legs, I think. In other words, it, it could go on for a little while. It could take the church up to two years to decide whether to sack a paedophile priest from Luton. The vicar of St Francis Church in Stopsley, James Ogley, has been sentenced to two years in prison. I'm gonna, what he did was thoroughly unpleasant. I'm going to hopefully couch it in language that if you've got kids in the car, it's not going to lead to any awkward questions. This vicar pretended to be a 14-year-old boy online and sent um, obscene messages to a 13-year-old girl uh, and encouraged her to do um, all manner of unpleasant things to her younger sister and her mum. I think you get the idea, and hopefully that's avoided any awkwardness in the car on the way to school. The current Church of England process means the Bishop of St Albans can't dismiss him straight away. Huh? Well, that to me seems crazy. But even if there are rules in place that means he can't dismiss him, then he needs to come out and say, there are rules that mean I can't dismiss this fella, but we don't want him in the church, doesn't he? Instead, can I just play you before we speak to our guest? Let me just play you what the vicar uh, has said uh, that uh, he will do. Have a listen to this. This is, uh, this is what the, um, uh, the Bishop of St Albans has said about this paedophile priest. James has let down all sorts of people by his actions, not least the many, many clergy across our counties who are serving their communities with great integrity. There are a range of penalties, um, but uh, prohibition, certainly for a, a period or something similar, is, is possible. Prohibition for a period or something similar is possible. Why are they not coming out saying they don't want this person as a member of their church? 08459 455 555. If anybody can explain that to me. I'm joined now by David Greenwood, who chairs Stop Church Child Abuse, which is campaigning for a public inquiry into church abuse. Uh, morning, David. Hi, good morning. What's your reaction to um, this case with James Ogley? Well, I'm really pleased you've raised this issue. Um, it seems, it has always seemed to me and to the um, alliance of survivors groups of child abuse that, uh, from the clergy that I uh, represent, that um, it's, it's always seemed odd that uh, the church want to um, hang on to uh, disciplining people internally and dealing with, it, dealing with these cases diocese by diocese and that they don't have any kind of overall independent structure for dealing with these clergy. Why should it be that, um, you know, for instance, um, Archbishop Welby can't just kick this man out? 
uh, why can't someone take a decision to just get rid of him? It's just ludicrous. It does seem incredible to me. I'm, I'm, I'm still getting my head around the intricacies of this, and it will be, we'll, we'll learn more as the show goes on. It does seem odd that there isn't an earthly boss uh, who can say, right, you're a paedophile, right, you're out. I just, I just can't get my head around that. In any other industry, exactly. someone would be able to say, we don't want you working here because of that. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, and more importantly, what, what this does is it has a knock-on effect on people who may have complaints but feel scared to come forward because there are these measures in place within the church that prevent anything really being done about it. So, they, so people who are thinking of coming forward to report this type of thing think, well, are they actually going to do anything? Will they actually... You know, try and um, ostracise me or accuse me of lying whilst they try and you know, use their internal mechanisms to sort this out. So many people are not coming forward because of this reason. And it's, it's such a cliche to uh, talk about paedophile priests. Listen, of course, it's a minority of them that do it. I don't know, it's, it, it's primarily, we think, of the, of the Catholic Church. It's, uh, uh, it's a minority that do it. But, but, but when it does happen, uh, you can imagine that the rest of the public see this attitude and that the, the bishop is displaying and think, well, you know, the church is becoming a joke. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm really sad, David, that you're... I, I'd never heard of your organisation, Stop Church Child Abuse. I'm really sad that it exists. How long have you... Have you um, I hope you take that in the way it's intended. How long have you been around, and, and how many people do you get coming to, to talk to you? Well, I'm a, a child abuse lawyer, and I've been representing victims of child abuse since you know, the late 1990s. Um, the clergy abuse, that is. Um, and I realised, and a couple of my colleagues realised who were working in the same field, that churches were sort of dividing and ruling. They weren't um, fessing up to uh, what was going on or publishing any kind of figures. So we got uh, together at the same time as the, do you remember the Pope came to, uh, to Britain in 2010? Mm. Uh, we all, the survivors groups got together and realised that this was happening. So we thought, hang on, this can't be right. We need a proper inquiry into what's going on in churches to, to find out how many cases there are, how many have been covered up, how many, are, how many people are still in post who have been accused or convicted of uh, these types of offences who should be booted out. So, yeah, that's where we uh, arose from. I, 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 the, the, the Catholic Church seems to have been addressing this, particularly with this most recent Pope, seems to be addressing this a bit more head-on in recent years. Are, are they making significant changes, and how does that compare to the Church of England? I'm afraid the reverse is true. The Catholic Church oh. really uh, want to keep things to themselves. Oh. Um, and they seem to think that they are above the rest of us ordinary people um, in the way in which they deal with it. They uh, still refuse in many cases to hand their priests over to, to the police and social services, that type of thing. And it's the Church of England who are trying to move things, but the Church of England are still bound up in their internal laws, as they call them, have their internal rules that um, mean that they really can't get a grip of these cases. You you see it in this um, this ugly case um, in which you know the bishop is tied up with uh, with his internal their internal rules. Even if he's tied up with the internal rules, though, surely he'd come out and say, "Look, I can't do much about this at the moment because of the system we've got in place." But I don't want this fella in the church. That that would be that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You would think so, but I'm afraid the churches are behaving in, any, in, in the way that any organisation would behave. If you, if you, you, you take um, you know, some huge blue chip company, when accused of wrongdoing, they try and defend themselves. Mm. The churches are no different. 
David, it's, um, I was going to say, it's a pleasure to talk to you. In some ways it is, in many ways it isn't. Thank you for your time. David Greenwood chairs Stop Church Child Abuse, uh, which is campaigning for a public inquiry into church abuse. If anybody, there can't be anybody listening to this who thinks that this James Ogley should still be allowed to be a priest. Is there? Is there? Maybe you are. Maybe I'm, I'm, I've got this right. The church is all about forgiveness, isn't it? So it, maybe there is someone listening to this who thinks, well, come on now, OK, he's, he's done wrong, he's serving his prison sentence, um, and, uh, you know, th- he should be allowed to be in the church. Catherine? question is, do you think if he'll be better in two years? He'll be over it. Oh, he'll be over it. Yeah, I, I, I can't think... This is, I would love to speak to you this morning. A, just to get your thoughts on this, but B, if there is anybody who thinks uh, that, yeah, of course you should be allowed to, to still be a vicar. Of course you should. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five. Also, as a Christian, is it something you could forgive? Boom. There we go. You're a Christian. Could you forgive that vicar? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, it's looking very slow still because of that accident earlier between Junction 16 for the M40 and 17 for Maple Cross. Although all the lanes have been reopened there now, it's still slow anti-clockwise as well between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 17 for Maple Cross after people slowing down to look at the accident on the opposite carriageway. On the A405 North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on the A1 Barnet Way, the Barnet Bypass is looking very slow southbound between between Stirling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. Elsewhere, things are moving pretty well on the speed sensors around Beds, Hearts and Bucks, but there's no problems at the moment to report on the trains. I'm Samantha Breath for BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha! 7.16, it's Friday. Yes. The 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged that he hasn't been sacked yet. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. And a Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. BBC Three Counties Radio. See, the thing is, I worry that it's all geared towards the criminal and not the victim. I wonder what Roberta thinks. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Pound, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. They just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. We think we're good, Catherine. Sometimes we get a little bit above our station and we think we're good. You do. Literally above the station because I found a way onto the roof here. Then we have people like Gareth listening and tweeting. Gareth is a flipping genius. You won't like the first bit of this, but I suspect that the second bit will make up for it. He's tweeted. Oh. On Ian Lee... At BBC Three CR this morning, boiling her bum. Oh, but but then he redeems himself, and Coma and Eileen. Coma and Eileen. There was a woman who um, girls who was in a coma until her daughter played Come on Eileen to her. 
Coma and Eileen. Coma and Eileen. That's good. Coma and Eileen. He could come in and write your scripts. He could come in and write the menus. Coma and Eileen. That is... Br- come on, Kath, forget the boil on the bum. Well, that is just something that, if you will, followed me all the way through school. So to hear that again... I wonder what that smell was. <laughs> huh? Don't make sense, but I said it. It's still funny. Coma and Eileen. No, it just hurts, that's all. But, um, Coma and I'm, Eileen. I'm glad Gareth's having a laugh. Now all we need is a woman called Eileen who likes a curry. Coma. <laughs> Coma and Eileen. Eileen. Coma and... Say it. It's really... Or a hairdresser who specialises in gents who are balding. Come over, Eileen. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um. No, I think that's it. No, no. No, I think we rinse that one out. No, no, no. Yeah, I think... No, no, no. Oh, please, I think we're done. No, 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 I've got a good one. A woman called Eileen, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That that, less, you know, but just make that clear. Who loves ice creams. (laughs) Conan Eileen. And also, a woman who's, who likes um, early Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Conan Eileen. I've got one. Done two there. A woman who specialises in endoscopy. Colon Eileen. Is she called Eileen? Yeah. OK. Oh. Nurse Eileen, of course. She's a professional. Not playing this game so much, eh, Kels? A woman who loves shortening down words, but also really likes the word love sweet corn. <laughs> one, two, one. Corn, corn on Eileen. No. Oh, oh mate, Ru- ruined it. Give me um, one and I'll say it. Sorry. Give, give me one and I'll say it. I can't. Um, I can't think of any more. Oh. Oh, I've got one. Go on. This is so much fun for us. Grammar Not- teacher. Yep. Name's Eileen. Comma Eileen. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I've got one. Comma Eileen. Oh yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Yeah, go on. Um. I've got one. She's really like lower class. Common, Common Eileen. Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> you would pick that one. I've got one. I've got one. Right. So Eileen, um, as we all know, uh, Culture Club are back together, but Boy George can't do a gig. So um, John Taylor comes out. Not John Taylor. He's from Duran Duran. Yeah, he's what's there. he doing there? He's there because he, he likes he likes the eighties. He's a top producer now. John Taylor comes out because mm-hmm. he's backstage hanging out with uh, Boy George. He's just collapsed backstage. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So John Taylor comes out and says. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, he is old now, isn't he? Um, uh, good evening. Good evening, Wembley. Oh, they're thinking, yeah, John oh, Taylor John from Duran Duran, this is bonus. Got some really bad news, guys. Boy George has just collapsed backstage. So I'm afraid the uh, uh, big reunion concert of Culture Club has to be cancelled. Boo! Boo! Unle- unle- all right, OK, guys. OK, unless... There is anybody out there that thinks they can sing all of the words to all of the songs. Silence. Sil- Wembley Arena is silent for the first time since Status Quo last played there. And they took a break in between songs. And everyone sat down and had a cup of tea. A hand pops up. Yes. Woman. I can do it. Yeah. I can... I can do it. Okay, come up to the stage. Give a lady a round of applause. What's your name? What'd she say? I. She's. Karma, 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 Eileen. Chameleon. What? All of that. Shh, no, I think we're done. 
I think we're I've done. got one. I've got a good no, one based no, on no, that. No, no, no. Eileen gets her comeuppance. I've seen that film. Pete, you've got one, have you? I've got one for you. Go on, fella. It's, a, a, it's one that's a bird called Eileen. It's called Cormoran Eileen. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've, um... You happy now? I am very happy. You made that happen. I think I've literally just destroyed the radio station. Yeah, ruined. If you've got a, a Come On Eileen pun, then um, do, please do give us a call. 08459 Pun fight at the Joe K. Corral. <laughs> that was brilliant. Now, on to slightly more serious things. Scammers have been conning people across the country into handing over their bank cards. Well, now they're targeting Bedfordshire. We, we talked about this, this particular scam about a year ago. And it's uh, it's so sad that people are falling for it. Anne Ferguson from joins uh, from Amptill joins me now. Morning, Anne. Good morning. This is such. I'm sorry you had to listen to that nonsense. By the way, I can only apologise. Uh, um, th- th- tell us what happened to you. How did this scam work? Well, basically, there's somebody rings from saying they're from the fraud squad. They then ask for saying that your card has been compromised in some way. They think they need you need to phone your bank. Um, before I phoned my bank, they actually. Um, phoned me. I refused to speak to them. I said, I'm cautious. I want to know who I'm speaking to. So I rang off. A few minutes later, I rang the bank. It was Santander, which is not one of the best banks, I'm afraid, when you have a conflict with. And basically, they just um, told me a lot of things had gone out of my account. But before that, I went through all the security questions. I was totally convinced that I was speaking to the bank. I'd rung them. And basically, they said that my cards, changed my cards and everything, put me onto a fraud squad. I was on the phone an hour and 20 minutes. Oh. They said they needed to collect the cards. It's a familiar thing. I'll go and do it briefly. And um, obviously the cards went and they then took money out, first of all at Flitwick, and then they went into London. After that, I was suspicious. I phoned 101 to check with the police because I'd been given what they call a CAD number to check that it was a, gen- a genuine mm. thing. And I was told, yes, it was. The police, an alleged policeman went away and said that uh, it was all okay. You know, they had the CAD number registered. And it was funny, the next morning, it was on Saturday night, this happened quite late. The next morning, I felt a bit uneasy. So I phoned my bank only to find that it was, in fact, a scam. So having cancelled the cards and everything, I then dialed 101 for the police. I complained to them, first of all, about the way the police had given me misinformation. Within a half an hour, they'd got two police officers on the door because apparently these fraudsters keep the line open and even in person the police. Well, what, what I've, I've, I've not heard before, Anne, is the fact that you called the police, what, an hour after that they came and took your card? Probably less than an hour, but it was probably a good 20 minutes. And, and, and the, the crooks still had that line open, so you were still speaking to the crooks? Yes, and what's oh, more, dear. they actually play the dialing tone, so when you phone, you, you have no idea that it's not a genuine number. I mean, had the, the phone have been dead, I would have, you know, been suspicious. But I went through the, the um, dialing tone completely. When I was allegedly speaking to Santander, I had all their 
It's exactly their security questions, the way they do ask if you ring Santa. They're very yeah. clever, aren't they? Absolutely, brilliantly clever. But How much money did they take, Anne? Uh, I was not too too bad. It was forty. Was enough. It was fourteen hundred. But fortunately, well. because I discovered it in time, and because I I have a business account and a private account, and because they could only take so much per day, they tried to be clever on the Sunday and take a, le- a, a lot, you know, an extra. And quite honestly, you know, the card was kept. But um, mm. how did it make you feel, Anne, when you you realised you'd been uh, you'd been first, had? First of all, cross, and then incredibly stupid, and then beginning to wonder, you know, how sane I was at times. <laughs> But, yeah, they're so clever, though, aren't they? And as you say, you thought you were doing all the right things. Yes, yes. But the sad part about it is the bank are saying that the money was taken with my instructions. Oh, no. So so Santander are refusing to give you the money back. Is that where you're at at the moment? I don't know if you heard, we spoke to a gentleman earlier on whose mother, his 91-year-old mother, had had money taken from Lloyd's. Yes. And Lloyd's had paid it back almost immediately. A friend of mine has had hers taken a little while ago now. Um, I didn't even know about this until yesterday. Barclays have paid back. According to the police, Halifax have paid back. And also the financial ombudsman, if you look on issue 116 of April, March, there was a case like this that went to them, and they roared in favour of the customer. Come on, Santander. Barclays have done it. being absolutely difficult. My Come on. visitor has spoke to them. I mean, to turn around and say the money was taken with my no. instructions. And on top of that, because I was told by three people at Santander when the crime was discovered that the money would be packed into my account within 24 hours, Santander actually gave me, after about a fortnight, a £100 compensation for misinformation. Oh, so that... Oh, gosh. Come on, Santander. Lloyd's have done it. Barclays have done it. Halifax have done it. They've paid back. Give Anne her money back. For what are you going to do next, Anne? I'm hoping you're going to take this further. Oh, it's it's already it's going. It, the, the report is already prepared. We've given Santander 14 days. I have the solicitor already on it, um, and the report is already prepared for the ombudsman, which will be going into the ombudsman on Tuesday. But I also feel very strongly that, in some way, the telephone companies ought to be sorted because if they are allowing lines like this mm. to be kept open, they need investigating. And would you, um, can we keep in touch and just find out how this progresses with Santander? Yes, certainly. I would love to be able to speak to you in a few weeks with a, with a good news story that they've, they've seen sense and put the money back in your account. Well, I too would like to speak to you with a good news story. And maybe we'll give you a call in a week or two and just see how things are developing. That would be fine. Thank you very much for your time. Best of luck. Uh, come on, Santander. Can we put that in? Let's give her a call in maybe ten days, two weeks or something. And Definitely. Just see where she is. See, I'm wondering whether it's um, Spanish rules. Because I've had customer service issues with in Spain before, and they just do not have the same standard of customer service that we have. But but I don't know Santander is sp- uh, Spanish, but if they're operating in yeah, um, sure. in Britain, then they have to play by the British rules, yeah. chaps. If Barclays have done it, Lloyd's, Halifax. I had a problem once. Someone um, cloned my card. I'm a NatWest customer. They sorted it out straight away. They gave me the money no. on the understanding that if they found that I'd been fraudulent, they would take it back, and I'd be in trouble. I, when I've yeah, when I've had cards cloned, I've got it back. You kind uh, of have to sign a disclaimer, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? I've got it. I've got it back almost immediately. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's follow that one with a keen interest. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M25 anti-clockwise still very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Lanley and Junction 17 for Maple Cross after an accident on the opposite carriageway, although that has now cleared. Clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross, things are moving well again now after the accident has been cleared out of the way. In Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, and on the A1 Barnet Way, it's looking very slow between the Barnet Bypass, southbound between the A4 11 Sterling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. Having a look at the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. I'm Samantha Breath for BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. The Church of England says the Bishop of St Albans has up to two years to decide what to do about James Ogley. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. And a Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts including from a 91-year-old woman in Malden, whose bank has refunded the money. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton was second behind teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in first practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. The second session is just coming to a close. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by just three points from Rosberg with five races to go. In football, ahead of tomorrow's Hearts Beds derby, Stevenage skipper Ronnie Henry says he expects his old club Luton to have a good season. It's the first football league meeting between the two clubs and Henry's first against the Hatters since lifting the conference trophy at Kenilworth Road. They're a good side. They've been together now for a couple of years haven't they a lot of them players and I, I said they'll do well but they just take their time to get to get going again like us I mean it'll be a good good contest next week I'm sure it'll be packed out here so looking forward to it Also in League 2 tomorrow Wickham hosts Northampton Watford will be without the suspended Daniel Pudil for the Championship game at home to Brighton following his midweek red card and in League 1 Milton Keynes Dons go to Yeovil Dons midfielder Mark Randall has signed a contract extension which ties him to the club until 2016 Manager Cole Robinson was impressed with Randall in this week's development squad victory. Mark Randall was absolutely sensational. He was sensational. The first 45 minutes, I think it, it was a lot of me going, oh, oh, and clapping. Just, just some of the things he did. In last night's Europa League matches, Tottenham drew one all at home to the Turkish side Besiktas. Everton drew one all away to Krasnodar in Russia. And Hemel Hempstead gymnast Max Whitlock leads the British team at the World Championships, which start in China today. The 21-year-old has already won European and Commonwealth titles this year. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Inley. BBC Three Counties Radio. No one has yet been able to phone up and defend the paedophile priest remaining in the Church of England, if anybody can. I know it's a tough one. This guy, James Oglin, it's important that we know his name. He was the vicar of St Francis. Um, been sentenced to two years for um, having obscene conversations online with a 13-year-old girl. They were incredible. He pretended to be a 14-year-old boy and encouraged her to do all manner of uh, uh, unpleasant things. Uh, the Church of England, it, it, it would seem, is unable to boot him out. Instead, you've got uh, a bishop saying, well, you know, we, we'll consider a period of prohibition 
which means we'll, we'll think about suspending him for a bit. Well, hang on a minute. Why can't you just boot him out? And if you can't just boot him out, say, we can't just boot him out, but we don't want him here. I've got a text on this if you want to. Yeah, go on. This is from Andrew in High Wycombe. He says, the church is based on faith and forgiveness, so they're caught in a difficult position between wanting to condemn the perpetrator and being seen to deny one of their key beliefs. Well, you can still forgive him. You can still forgive him. You're just necessarily giving him the job of a priest. Uh, a couple of emails. Jill says, the vicar is a Christian who belongs to a Christian organisation. Correct. They preach forgiveness, so it's surely that they must forgive him. However, he works with the public and children and fails the legal health check to be able to do his job. So he cannot possibly work as a parish priest. Ask the bishop if he can give him a desk job that has no public interaction. Yeah, well, don't give him a desk job with a computer. And we can't ask the bishop anything at all because he's caught by their legal process. And That's he what says, he says. Anything he says will be uh, contempt of their court. Um, we've also got some stuff through about this um, confidence trickery that's oh, been going on. Yeah, we're, just we're talking about it happening. Well, yeah, we've been talking about it happening in Bedfordshire, but apparently I've heard of it happening in Hertfordshire last week. We had a press release through about it's that. Been so it's been going on for for ages. Well, uh, Aidan in High Wycombe has no sympathy oh. whatsoever. How stupid or naive do you have to be to give your credit card and PIN to a courier after receiving an unsolicited phone call from your bank? When will people listen and take in the repeated warnings we get from banks never to give details over the phone? The bank will never ask for your PIN over the phone and it takes a special kind of person to hand over their cards physically. <clears throat> Maybe it's time we educated our elders as well as our children as a mistake like this is less than juvenile. I tell you, no, I, 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 think, I, I think age is an important factor in this. It is being done to old people, older people, I don't know how old Anne is actually, but we know the first story we talked about was 91, who trust authority, who've been brought up to trust authority and respect authority blindly. Also, if someone gives you a ring and tells you that someone is taking money out of your bank account, that pit of the stomach panic is something that's very difficult to resist. I have I have um, had my bank hang up on me before. You know sometimes your bank does phone up mm-hmm. and say, hello, uh, Mr Lee, this is Barclays, oh, I'm with, and uh, um, we just want to check some activity, but we need to go through security process for Yeah, when What's- they ring you and they ask you to what's your, who you are. What's your postcode? I said, well, I'm, I'm not, not going to te- tell you. Sorry? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You've called me. I've got no idea who you are. Oh, well, then we can't proceed with this. I said, well, that's f-. And they got quite irate yes. with me. I've had that. And then when they get irate, I just think, oh, I'm right. Yeah. It's probably a con. Yeah, but, but actually it has been my bank in the past. Mm. It's really been my bank and I've refused to, to play their game. Yeah, because I've had a follow-up letter after that. Before. Yeah. But... It- that's a massive flaw in their plan, isn't don't, it? Don't, don't tell us anything. Up. Hang on a minute. You, proof who you are. Tell me your postcode first. Tell me, tell me who you are first. Give me proof that you are who you say you are before I start uh, answering random phone calls and giving out passwords and postcodes. I get a phone call about twice a year inviting me over to the bank for a chat. <laughs> Does anyone actually go for those? Hey, I've been emailing my fella at the bank. He's not got back to me. I'll send him an email. Oh, well, you're, no. you've got special... Premier Bank, innit? Yeah. Premier Bank in £10 just, a month. I'm just a box standard... Yeah. Uh, is it bog standard or box standard? Bog. See, I always say bog. for you yesterday. I always say bog, but my husband says box yes. standard. Yeah, he's, a, he's a plum. You're a plum. You're both plums. Made for each other. Uh, Pat's in Houghton Regis. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. Pat, are you like our last emailer suggesting, are you an idiot if you fall for a scam? Oh, it nearly was, yeah. Oh, go on, what happened? Well, I just got a phone call just to say that, um, uh, would you buy some tickets for... Special needs children with special needs to go to a circus in Hertfordshire. All right. And I remember uh, I looked at the number and there was no number. It was unknown. Yeah. And when they said uh, 
children with special needs, it threw me. I actually was thinking, oh, how much is this going to cost? If it's not a lot, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and my wife was listening to me at the side, and I could see her face start to change, and I thought, hang on a minute, if she, her face is changing, there's something not quite right. And uh, I just then put him off by saying, I, I actually give to other charities, which I do anyway. Yeah. And that was the end of the call. But when I rang Hertfordshire Police and explained what had happened... They said we're getting these kind of calls all over. It's epidem- epidemic proportions now, at the moment. You, consi- if you consider yourself, Pat, I would imagine, uh, a sensible, well-grounded gentleman. Well, my wife wouldn't agree with you, but yeah, I do. And if your wife hadn't have been there, you possibly could have gone along with that. I could have possibly, yeah. Well, according to one emailer, you're, you're an idiot. He's probably right as well. Well, Pat, we agree on something again. <laughs> <laughs> again this, is, this has happened too often, Pat. Thank you very much indeed. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Are you an idiot if you fall for these scams? I don't think you're an idiot. I well, I, I do think Pat is. No, I don't. Uh, in the past, I've thought you were you had to be a bit soft to fall for these things, but um, now I kind of think, well, if my mum got that phone call, she'd probably go for it. You know, it, 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 an idiot. It, I think there's a thin line between being an idiot and uh, being vulnerable and naive. I think our generation has got very cynical about handing over information because wherever you go, I mean. Ugh. The number of forms we get where it asks you inappropriate questions. You just think, well, what exactly has this got to do with, you know, for example, I got one through the other day about um, my daughter's childcare and it started asking me all kinds of questions about whether we were, um, you know, what our family setup was. I am flicking away because I'm looking for a relevant story. But I anyway, found it. But anyway, so, you know, I get very um, resentful about handing over information, but I think that for the previous generations, it's just, you know, someone in authority asks you something, you hand over the information, especially if you think that someone's taking thousands out of your bank account. Uh, the story I'm looking for in the, the Sun, uh, the, the Rosie, Simon, Daily, say they'll be with you in a second. Um, it's uh, the the internet tricksters who email people. Uh, one of the great fun things to do is to get them is to have a dialogue with them, and I've done that. A guy oh. called Rooney, Rooney Jeep was my scam. Well, I don't know. I think if you respond to them, then you show that your email account is active, and yeah, they flag fine. it up to all their mates. Yeah, well, do okay, an email. Well, if you've got the time, yeah, I've got the time. You can get them to pose with pictures. <laughs> and this, uh, this, there is a pictures of all these people with, with, that, have, that have got scammers to say, yeah, I'll give you the. I, f- I used to phone up Rooney Jeep in Nigeria and have a chat with him. It was wonderful. I record them; they're very funny. Anyway, so th- these people have got these scammers to say, "Yeah, I'll give you the money. I'll give you the fifteen hundred quid. Could you just pose with a picture of you um, with a fish on your head and chomping into a loaf of bread?" This fella's done it. There's <laughs> one here. Two hoaxers talked a cyber crook into constructing a huge wall of sandbags before, before posing in front of it, sat in a sleigh packed with presents and dressed as Father Christmas <laughs> with a dog as a reindeer. Shiver me timbers um, Got a man to sit with a loaf of bread on his head Scam baiter Icky Got an image of a gentleman holding a sign saying I can't believe it's not butter Wonderful, here we go Last one Oh, one has got someone to hold a sign saying I'm a sad uh, 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 twit Thingy Uh, And there's one here Who's got a big fat gentleman To dress up as a sexy angel (gasps) Now, that is quite good fun. But it also makes you think, how desperate yeah. are these people who are doing the scams and who is pulling their strings? Because yeah. they're obviously not the Lex Luthor behind the operation, are they? Exactly, exactly. Um, your, your thoughts, are you an idiot if you fall for a scam? Uh, on the subject of Come On Eileen, Rosie's in Redbourne. Good morning, Rosie. Morning. What you got for us? Um, Japanese specialist maths teacher. Come on, Eileen. Give us that again. Japanese specialist maths teacher. 
Kumon Eileen. Wow, that's above my head. <laughs> yeah, Kumon Maths. I've never heard of Kumon Maths. Oh, dear. What's yeah. Kumon Maths? I don't know, dear, because I don't know a really bizarre brand of maths. What's Kumon Maths? It's a thing that um, very bright children can go to. Oh. Uh, uh, that's why, Rosie, that's why. Although you've given me another one. Um, uh, um, um, chef, lady chef, she's called Eileen. She likes spicy food. Kumin Eileen. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Rosie? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Too clever. Too clever for me, just. Was that, was that Ribena, wow. Rosie? Do you remember Ribena, Rosie, from Redbourne? Go on. Her granddad invented Ribena. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Just stay there, because you might like this one. Mm. Simon's in Luton. Go on, Simon. Morning, Ian. Morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. You've seen Dexys live, have you? Oh, I have. Back in the day. Fantastic band live. Tell us about it. They're great. I saw them at the old Queensway Hall in Dunstable. Um, really good band. What I rang about was the where they actually got their name from. Mm-hmm. It's quite naughty, actually. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, the guys, the guys, um, the guys are in the band. They all kind of came out of the Northern Soul scene. Yeah. And hence, a lot of their songs are about kind of old soul singers and old soul covers. Well, a Dexy yeah. is a slang term for dextrine, oh, which is drugs. a type of amphetamine. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. So drugs. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Um, that's where they got their name from. But my best memory of them is when they were on top of the pops. Yeah. And they had a hit called Jackie Wilson Said Here about the old soul singer. This is a great. And some numpty at the BBC had never heard of Jackie Wilson. Yeah. And in the backdrop, the film, they had a picture of like 18 stone toothless Jockey Wilson, the darts player. It's, uh, Simon, it's, it's, it's one of a, those cla- Thank you for that, Simon. That's excellent. It's a classic. It's on YouTube. Brilliant. Don't hunt that down. That's one of the, the famous faux pas of pop, isn't it, Just? It is. And uh, talking about names, it could be worse. It could be 10cc. Or the Loving Spoonful. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Now, Justin, <laughs> what's in your car? There's a woman driving around with a Cliff Richard doll in her car. We have no idea why. We sent you out on the uh, what's in your car mission. Yeah, what have you got yeah. for us? Boss, I've taken this one to the streets. Um, some people are very touchy about what's in their car. Oh. Here's what happened. What's in my car? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I was alone in my car. No, no, what's in your car? What, what I think? No, what's in your car? I got tissues, I got uh, FM radio, and a bottle of water. Sometimes I keep some food. Nice collection. I, I keep CDs and tissue in the car. CDs and tissues? Yes. Yeah. Please. Um, the CDs, what, what sort of vibe are we going for here? Yeah, we're talking of R&B. Yeah? Yeah. Bit of R. Kelly? Yeah. R. She's R. got the vibe? she got the vibe, yeah, you got it. But they really play that in this country, you know. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my vibe. You've, 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 you've got that vibe. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's a work car, so there's not a lot in there. It's just bits and bobs in the boot for work. What's the naughtiest thing that you've got in your car? Yeah. Come on, own up. I haven't got anything naughty in my car. You had to think about it. I did have to think about it. Just that to tell me you've got sure. something naughty in the car. <laughs> I haven't really, no. Um, a pack of Mac. In case it rains. He's in the front. Uh, what else do we keep? Uh, chewing gum. Yeah. Uh, a couple of spare mirrors. I get my mirrors knocked off <laughs> all the time. You're coming into the car park this morning, sir. Ian Lee wants to know, what do you keep in your car here? Looks a bit of a state. Nothing. It looks a mess, though. Thank you. Sir? S- sir? Justin, excellent stuff there. People, people were very uh, reluctant to mm. uh, tell us, weren't they? Yeah, people are getting a bit touchy. I mean... 
obviously there are going to be some things in your car which are very personal to you but we say this all the time in if we are going to go onto the streets just be open just be honest let's have the conversation justin thank you very much indeed Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's still very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and Junction 17 for Maple Cross. In Brickettwood on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's very slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout as well on the speed sensors. Uh, elsewhere, in uh, coming out of Aylesbury on the A413, it's looking slow from El- Elmhurst Road on the speed sensors from the roundabout to New Road at Whedon and in patches towards Whitechurch and out of Leighton Buzzard as well, looking very slow from Wing Road through Leighton Road through Burkhart. Um, a further afield on the in Walthamstow, the South End Road and the North Circular Road has one lane blocked because of a broken down lorry. That's westbound between the Woodford New Road at the water, Waterworks Corner and the Crooked Billet Interchange. On the train, snow reports of any problems at the moment. Smart the Breath, BPC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. We've had a message. We've had a communication. I'm allowed to say this on the radio, am I? Yes, I think so. We've had a communication from the Church of England regarding this story of the paedophile priest and well, the way we're handling it. We'll let you know exactly what they've said after we've had the news headlines. Suffice to say, they're not happy. Well, guess what, C of E? Neither am I. 7.47. It's Friday, the 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged that he hasn't been sacked yet. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. And police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina and then we'll have the uh, update from the Church of England. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Got a bit of mist and fog around first thing this morning. Once that clears, though, some rather decent sunshine, particularly this afternoon. And temperatures possibly getting to 20, maybe even 21 degrees Celsius. But it does feel like it could be the last warm day. Now, tonight, uh, the breeze picks up and we've got clear spells to start off with, but it clouds over in the early hours of the morning with lows of 13 degrees. So tomorrow starts off fairly cloudy. We've got a band of rain pushing eastward, so that's going to start in the morning. And we're looking probably at about three hours worth of rain with some rather heavy bursts within it but behind it a pleasant end to the day as it becomes much brighter with the winds easing but also fresher as temperatures go back to where they should be really for this time of year with highs of 18 degrees celsius saturday night a little chilly sunday's looking fine though with sunny spells and then it all becomes a little unsettled at the beginning of next week that's your latest forecast Every weekday morning, local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show. Weekdays from 9 on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so we've been uh, talking about this story, about the vicar of St Francis Church in Stopsley, maybe your local church, maybe your local vicar, James Ogley, who's been sentenced to two years in prison for sending obscene messages to a 13-year-old girl online. 
I'm going to tell you what he did. I'm going to phrase it in a way that if you've got kids in your car, hopefully you won't get too many uncomfortable questions because that would be inappropriate. But I think it's important you know what he did because we've had communication this morning from the Church of England who are unhappy about the way that we, I, us, are dealing with this story. So what James Ugly did was he went online, he pretended to be a 14-year-old boy, he um, had uh, obscene overtly sexual conversations with a 13-year-old girl in which he tried to persuade her to um, have sexual uh, relations with her nine-year-old sister and with her mum. That's what he did, Okay, Been sentenced to two years. This is what the Bishop of St Albans has had to say. uh, Oh, this is the Bishop of Bedford. Thank you, Catherine. This is what the Bishop... Thank you, I do apologise. This is what the Bishop of Bedford has had to say about this. James has let down... By his actions, not least the many, many clergy across our counties who are serving their communities with great integrity. There are a range of penalties, um, but uh, prohibition, certainly for a, a period or something similar, is is possible. He's let down the clergy. And when, in fairness to the bishop, we don't know what the question was that was asked, but that strikes me as a little odd. And uh, they are looking at a, a possible prohibition. Now, that was the Bishop of Bedford because we yep. can't speak to the Bishop of St Albans yep. because he is presiding over this internal... Thank you for clearing that. We've had an email this morning from the Church of England who are unhappy with the way we are dealing with the show. Let's read up the whole email. They think we're criticising the bishop. I don't think we are. I think we're talking about the process and I think a lot of people will be surprised at the process and how lengthy it could be. We're not saying it will be, but it could be. Um, This has been copied into... This is uh, to our boss, but it's been copied into the reporter who set it up, so I'm presuming and assuming that they want us to set things straight. Um, They feel that there's a real... This is from the uh, press officer um, at the The Diocese of St Albans. of the church. I'm afraid I think there's a real lack of understanding in your coverage of James Ogley's case this morning concerning the bishop's decision over his future in the church. The process that is underway is statutory. It's an ecclesiastical law process set out in statute and the bishop is acting like a judge. You cannot criticise him for not speaking about this. You would not expect a Crown Court judge to speak about a case he was hearing. I think we understood that. The bishop can proceed without any further process in the Crown Court, but that does not mean he can act summarily in a moment because the knee-jerk reaction of a reporter is that he should. Slapped wrist. He must follow due process. That is what the rule of law means. We know. We've been open about the process, and I'm frankly surprised by the story you're running this morning that it could take two years to decide. We said in a statement last night that the process was underway and the information would be published as soon as possible. Just because in law up to two years are allowed does not mean we're taking that long. No, we just said it could take that long. Which is factually accurate. Just to clarify, it could take up to two years. It means it allows a bishop up to two years in which to commence proceedings. All I was doing was openly providing you with all the provisions in the guidance to the statute, not editing them selectively. I think we feel that the coverage is not in the best of faith. Your thoughts, please. That's literally just come in uh, eight minutes ago. Your thoughts on that, please. My concern is there is a chance that a paedophile priest could be allowed back to work with kids. That's my concern. I'm not concerned about how the Church of England looks. I'm not concerned about how bishops look. I'm concerned that our kids are protected. That's all. I think we understand why the bishop can't speak on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned that our children are protected. And I'm surprised. Let me just have a look. Doesn't mention the 13-year-old girl once. Doesn't mention the 13-year-old girl once. That's from the press department. I don't think at any point we've asked anyone to come on and criticise the Bishop of St Albans. We understand his position. I think we're all a little surprised that um, the process 
it operates the way it does. I think we're allowed to say that. We are, of course we're allowed to say that. Of course we're allowed to question the process. And I just really think that if a press officer is writing to uh, criticise a story about child abuse within the church and not to mention the child or the children... Well, again, it just shows where that possibly I make up that their priorities are perhaps not in the right place. But we should be careful about the way we discuss uh, the reasons why the bishop can't speak to us. We understand why the bishop can't speak to us. And, and uh, Mr. Press office, uh, Officer, if the, that has been the confusion, we apologise. We hope that's cleared up. But my concern is that kids don't get abused online or in person. That's all. Thank you, Catherine. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Now a short stay medical unit in Houghton Regis, which provides valuable support for patients who've just come out of hospital, is closing down. The 16-bed facility off Houghton Road provides occupational therapy and physiotherapy for patients needing intensive nursing care. It's run by South Essex Partnership NHS Trust. Well, we can speak to one of the patients, Mary Clayden, who contacted BBC Three Counties Radio yesterday about the situation. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How did you hear that this service is due to close? Well, I was I was complimenting them on their service here because I'm a nurse of 50 years duration. I'm 82 years old now, and I've done everything from midwifery to health visiting. I've done it. And so I know the hospital background. And I was saying what an excellent facility this is because I was unaware of it prior to being in here myself. And... They said, oh, yes, but sadly, we're, we're, we've just been told we're going to be closed. Oh. I said, closed? With this age of people getting older and older all the time, we need more of these places, not less. And, you know, in here, they not only give you very, very kind and helpful nursing care, they also review your medical condition, your medication. There's an in-house doctor who studies every aspect of your care. And really, it's an MOT for, uh, for, for people in my condition. And, and you're put back on your feet and able to go back into your own flat and live, live, live life again, probably with a bit of care at home. But it does avoid people going into nursing homes. And the, and the other thing, or rest care homes, and the other thing is, of course, that they do take overflow patients from the Luton and Dunstable Hospital, people who still need a bit of continuing care but not quite well enough to be at home, and they relieve the bed situations there. They're capable of doing that as well. And incidentally, they have 21 beds, not 16. And, I mean, this is just such an excellent facility. And now it's threatened with closure. It's absolute madness. People are living longer. We're going to have to cope with the situation of the elderly in some way or another. And another thing that is absolutely true is old age happens to everybody eventually. So everybody who's listening to this programme will, will arrive where I am if they're lucky enough to live long enough. Mary, we, we, listen, Mary, I've just been told by um, Catherine, my producer, that we've, we've had a response. The, Catherine, what's the response? Let's right. put it to Mary. It's from the CCG, um, Bedfordshire CCG. They carried out a detailed review of the SMMU... SSMU and established that the services were not meeting the objectives set out in the pilot, i.e. to reduce emergency admissions at the LND. Emergency admissions at the Luton and Dunstable have gone up by 14% in the last two years. In addition, the unit only received an average of six GP referrals a month. The inpatient unit itself was rarely fully occupied with an average rate of 70%. The review found the cost of beds in the SSMU was almost three times that of a hospital admission. So it's money, basically, is what they're saying. Mary, what do you reckon to that? 
Well, the point is this. I had to wait to get a place here. I don't know what the bed situation or how it is, but it seems to me that the place is not publicised enough. I'd never heard about it. Never heard about it. Mm. And really, when you come in here, you have a complete MOT, which puts you back on your feet. And I have no doubt at all that I would have been in a care home if I didn't come here. So because it's, it's, I couldn't cope in my home on my own. So it, and you, how much is a care home a week? Well, exactly. 800 quid, it could be. So you're saying, Mary, finally, it, it, this, is really, this is a really important place. Well, it is terribly important. And I think it should be more publicised. Mary, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us. Your thoughts on that, please. Also, your thoughts on uh, the the Church of England. Um, Unhappy with the way that we're dealing with the story about a paedophile priest who may still be allowed to practice as a priest. We don't know. He may be suspended, may be sacked. after. We, We just don't know. Well, the Church of England aren't particularly happy with the way we're dealing with the story. I think we are well within our rights to question their actions and their, their internal system. The procedure is something that will surprise a lot of people. It could take it two will. years for them to reach a decision. And it, it may not take two years. We would hope it wouldn't. It better not. 08459 555 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're just hearing reports from a caller builder on the M1 southbound between Junction 11 and 10. There's been an accident. It's involving two cars, but they are on the hold shoulder, but it's still making it very slow going past there. Thank you for your call on that, Bill. Having a look at in Cosgrove on the A508 southbound, there's reports of an accident there at Northampton Road. On the uh, M25 clockwise, there's reports of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and 17 for Maple Cross, with callers reporting that the outside lane has been blocked by that. And on the A405 Brickett Wood uh, Road as reports that it's partially blocked because of an accident on the roundabouts. BBC Three Counties you know, Radio. Finish. Go on, you take it just because oh, okay. that music starts. You've I got plenty that was of time. My cue to, to go. You've got 17 seconds when that starts. Really? Well, you've only got four now. Three. Okay. Two. Not the breath, BBC Three Counties just Radio. Just in time. Thank you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, residents' anger at failure to sack Luton Vicar, Bedfordshire women targeted in bank fraud and Stevenage driver fastest as F1 title race resumes. BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. The Church of England says the Bishop of St Albans has up to two years to decide what to do about James Ogley, who had obscene chats online with a 13-year-old girl. People living near St Francis Church in Stopsley say it's disgraceful. That shouldn't even be a question. He should be gone. You know, not even that shouldn't be considering something like that. He certainly should have been made to leave the church immediately. What makes him any different to any other sort of sex offender type person? Do you understand what I mean? What, what because he's in the church, that means he's protected. It's absolutely not right at all. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Anne Ferguson from Amptill handed over her account details to a gang who pretended to be from the police and her bank. Bedfordshire police say there's been a spate of similar thefts, including from a 91-year-old woman in Malden whose bank has refunded the money. Anne Ferguson says there was no way of telling they were crooks. I think that their security systems um, are too easy to copy. Anybody can open up a bank account with Santander if they really want to in an elaborate 
elaborate fraud like this and therefore they can simulate exactly what Santander used. They always use the same security questions, they always use the same music, so it's very, very difficult to distinguish. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. The bodies of David Miller and Hannah Witheridge were found with severe head injuries on a beach. Police say Miss Witheridge had also been raped. The suspects, both Burmese, are expected to be charged this morning. The Conservatives have set out detailed plans for withdrawing Britain from the European Convention on Human Rights if they win the general election next year. They say they'll leave unless Parliament is allowed to to veto rulings issued by Europe. But the former Conservative Attorney-General and Beaconsfield MP Dominic Grieve says many people overlook the benefits of the European Court. Some of its findings have been benchmarks in improving human rights throughout Europe. But it's also right that some of its findings, particularly the finding in 2005 on prisoner voting, I think was mistaken. All courts are ultimately human constructs and they will sometimes get things right and they'll sometimes get things wrong. Luton-based EasyJet has raised its annual profit forecast to as much as £580 million. It follows lower-than-expected fuel costs and a two-week strike at rivals Air France. In sport, Lewis Hamilton was fastest ahead of teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in second practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. Rosberg had finished ahead of Hamilton in the first session. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by just three points with five races to go. The weather a misty start followed by another sunny day, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius but it will be wet and windy tomorrow and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine, the JVS Show with the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems from twelve. Nick Coffer with super geek and technology expert Kate Russell taking us on a tour of the four corners of the internet from three. Roberto Peroni, the best stories as they happen every single afternoon, and the greatest talking points from seven. Mark Forrest, I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had a little um, contretemps, little off-air row with my producer, Catherine Ball. Not at all. Home truths. Home truths. The home truths. Mm -hmm. It's awkward now. I'll give you that much. No, all I said was that sometimes... I do a patronising face. Yeah, just my face. When it, sometimes, okay, the way this works, okay, is sometimes uh, uh, I get close to the line of what is acceptable to say, and sometimes I cross the line. Now, one of uh, Catherine's many roles, apart from making a mean cup of tea, uh, is to um, pull me back when I when I get, approach the line, or if I'm on the line, she pulls me off. Okay. Now, what the way that she does that sometimes? So you still done it then? The way that she does it sometimes is she kind of looks at me disapprovingly and raises her left hand in a kind of calm down, calm down That'll kind of That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. You, you, lads, you've Back had enough time box. to go home. Back in your box. And I find that patronising. Gosh. You just need to find a different way Why of... Why haven't you told me this before? How long have we been working together? Mind you, I've not told you to calm down that much. No. And, and maybe that's, with the greatest respect, that's probably to your detriment. Oh. Anyway, should we do? Should we have this conversation off air? Yeah, it's probably not one for everyone else, is it? Bit awkward, isn't it? Well, yeah. Only if you're wrong. You're doing it now. You're doing the hand. You're doing the hand up. I've reached. I'm on the line, and you're trying to pull me off it. Wow, I've not seen that symbol before. (laughs) 
What a hand gesture. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So I've upset the Church of England this morning. How are you doing? We're talking about paedophile priests and the internal mechanisms that are there to uh, 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 police them. Also talking bizarrely about Dexy's Midnight Runners. Got a great piece of audio from Justin Dealey coming up. It shows that when he puts his mind into it, he can achieve something special. We've been talking about people who've been victim of scams. Now, I've got a lot of sympathy for them. One emailer didn't. So the question is, are you an idiot if you fall for a scam? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Could take two years for the Church of England to decide the fate of a paedophile priest from Luton. The vicar of St Francis, James Ogley, was sentenced to two years earlier this week after being found guilty of having obscene conversations with a 13-year-old girl online. I won't go into details. Uh, I don't know all of the details. What I do know... It, it really, it, it stretches the definition of obscene quite some way, I think. It's thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant what this uh, this chap, pretending to be a 14-year-old boy, said and hoped this uh, young girl would do. Alana Lawrence is a leading barrister changing for a change uh, in uh, ecclesial law. Good morning, Alana. Good morning. This story is incredible. Mm. Uh, and the bishop can't sack James Ogley under the Church of England laws. Is that right? Well, you cannot laissez a Church of England vicar no matter what they do and what crime they commit. Lay- Sorry, just to, just to, to speak like a, like a fool, laissez means de- de- defrock them. Defrock them. them. Okay, so thank you. De- take them out of their ordained state. So he will always be a vicar. It doesn't matter if he gets 21 years in prison, as some have recently. He will remain a vicar within under the current clergy discipline measures. Because in 2003, the church decided that once you're ordained, you can't be unordained. Could James Ogley um, uh, defrock himself, resign? We can certainly resign, and, and there have been cases where right. people have stepped out of their own um, ordination. And, uh, but in the mind of the church, I don't think they would accept that that's valid. You know, it's a bit like being divorced in the Catholic Church. There's a whole heap of things that go wrong. So, yeah, and the problem here is, as you say, is how long this process takes to even determine what to do with Mr. Ogley, or Vicar Father Ogley, next. And I think these are very serious concerns to uh, the victims and survivors I've worked with over many years. Well, we've had, uh, as I say, we we have upset the Church of England this morning, by the way, we've been talking about this story, and Mm. the the, the press department, I did not know there was such a thing, Mm. how naive am I, Mm. is angry that we're saying this could take up to two years. Well... It could take up to two yes, years. Well, I'm hoping it won't, but it could do. And that, that's incredible, I think. I think it is. I think people are saying that they will take a step within 28 days, but that isn't writ through the um, legislation currently within the church. Every bishop decides for themselves how they will proceed to use or not use the clergy discipline measures. It's one of the great weaknesses that there's no national overarching, overreaching sets of procedures for the Church of England. There's only the ones that they can use, like the CDMs, if they choose to, how they choose to, and when they choose to. I'm so shocked that a bishop cannot sack a paedophile priest. I think most of my listeners are. We weren't aware of that. Mm -hmm. The the law needs to be changed, surely. 
Well, we are calling for a change in the law. The current legislation is being reviewed as we speak, and there's a meeting on the 5th of November in London to allow people to rep make representations into what needs to change under the current CDMs. They are looking at, for instance, uh, getting rid of the limit within which you can bring a case under CDMs, which is one year currently. They're also looking at um, risk assessments for those who have been alleged, accused or found guilty of uh, sex offences against children and vulnerable people. And they're looking at a range of other smaller measures, I would say, like they're not allowed to wear their collar once um, and, and wear the clothes of a mm. clergyman in any church setting if they've been banned from ministry as opposed to laicised. So they are looking at a few things, mm. um, but they're not looking at, and we've tried to get to look at this, the idea that they can go back to the way they were before 2003 and actually defrock clergy, because I think once you call yourself a clergyman, mm. people begin to invest trust in you. Of course they do. Of course um, they do. You'll trust a vicar. Exactly. So it, they won't know that he was offending last Tuesday if he's out walking around the school playground down the road calling himself a vicar and wearing dog collars. And, and it's, it, you know, it's kind of become, joke is the wrong word, but it's, it, 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 I'm going to use it because I'm a little bit later. It's kind of become a joke to talk about paedophile priests, primarily in the Catholic mm -hmm. Church. I want to stress, obviously, mm -hmm. it's a minority. It's a minority. It's, but it's, it's stories like this that really don't help yeah. the Catholic Church or the Church of England's image at all, does it? No, I mean, these are shocking stories. And it's, it's the lack of um, immediate response yeah. and the lack of capacity to say, actually, we need to stand in the shoes of those people who were victims, potential victims, their families, and say, what would I want to happen now? And what would you want to happen now to ensure that you're not offering a safe haven and a secure place for people who may wish to abuse other people in the future? If we exceptionalise the clergy, because if I was a doctor and I committed these offences, I'd be struck off mm. in all likelihood once I'd gone through the disciplinary procedures. The fact that that isn't even available if you're a vicar and the fact that they can dither around for so long and take so much time about it allows this place to become a safer place at the Church of England to be safer for people who wish to commit these offences than maybe the NHS or teaching profession or something. What's, That's very serious. What's interesting, in the email we've had this morning from the press department who are unhappy with the way we're dealing with the story, a statement we had from, from, from a bishop, they're all talking about the church's image. Mm. I, I've not heard, I'm sure it's out there, but I've not heard them mm. talking about the 13-year-old girl yeah. or the other children who, who uh, have been vulnerable. Like you say, we, I, I'm not a man of faith, but I trust the vicar. I trust, of course I trust, I've been brought up to trust vicars, but it's just these, it, they don't seem to have their priorities right. No, and there's a whole cultural attitude here which says we protect the reputation of the church, yeah. the resources of the church, and the reputation of the office holders of that church, which are all the clergy. That has taken precedence time and again over many decades and the great scandals coming out of the Diocese of Chichester where many vicars were abusing children has shown that the, the, the focus of attention until now mm. has been to protect those vicars, protect the church protect the diocese, its image because that's the most important thing we don't have to worry too much about the victims mm. their families and the potential victims if we get this wrong every message the church sends out has to say this is not a place where we will tolerate allow and enable the abuse of the vulnerable to continue. They need to make that very clear. There are steps being taken as we speak where that may become a more forceful voice within the Church of England, but at the moment, as you say, it is really a patchy voice 
and in some places it's a very unhealthy voice indeed. Alana, fascinating talking to you. Uh, we'll, we'll get you on again at some point because it's uh, uh, just r- really interesting. Alana Lawrence, leading barrister, campaigning for a change in uh, well, some of the religious laws that I didn't know about. I'm sure some of you are quite surprised that the bishop can't sack James Ogley, the vicar. Can't do it! Can't do it! That seems to me is incredible. And the fact that this investigation... This uh, investigation could take up to two years. It might be shorter. I hope it is. But surely when it's something like this, you need to act immediately. Dennis is on the line. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, you. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. What do you want to say? You know what makes me sick? And I'm going to tell you, it makes me sick in the stomach. We have a nice, cute way. But before I want to come in that corner, that lady that just spoke, you know... We're looking into stuff. Every little thing we're looking into it. This is not something that we should be looking into. This is something that we should have had sorted out long time. Right? That's number one. Number two, what's the difference between the Jimmy Savile and all these men as abused kids and the priest? It's the same act. It is the same act and it should be dealt with. We have a nice, cute way of going into other countries and trying to bring order. Right? We have a nice, cute way of doing it. We are involving almost every little thing to bring order in another country. But we can't even bring order in our own parish or our own district. Right? Because this country, we have a way of, like, putting kids' gloves on everything. Every little thing, you know, if, if somebody goes out and rape a, ch- uh, a young girl, Oh, it's the way the girl dressed. It's the way she dressed and it's the way she looks. This country don't implement discipline where it is needs to. Now, in this case, a vicar. Right? Dennis, can a I vicar. ask, are you, Dennis, are you, are you a religious person? No, I am a religious person. I believe that, yes. I be, uh, yes. Are you, a, well, are, you, are you a Christian, if you don't mind me asking? No, I am a Christian, yes. Right. How, how, when you hear stories like this uh, uh, about the, the vicar, uh, James Ogley, uh, and the way it's being dealt with, how does that make you feel as a Christian? It makes me absolutely sick to the stomach. Because you know what happened as a Christian? Number one, it, 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 it makes you feel, number one, I'm, I'm a sort of totally different phase of what, what, of what they teach. Because number one, I can tell you this right now, we wouldn't entertain this as... We, I'm, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm Christian. But what is, what is troubling me is how... And you can hear it in my voice. I'm just wound up by it because nobody has not mentioned nothing about the little child. Mm. Nobody has said it's all about their image and their ego. And you know what? You guys should just, 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 just handle the case as you feel because it's not you that's the problem. It's this man, because if he didn't give you guys something to, to cover, a coverage, then, then, then there wouldn't be anything to, 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 to complain about, right? The main complaint is this vicar, right? And these men are nasty and it's unclean. And we don't, in this country don't want to implement what we should be. We shouldn't have to be looking into nothing. Dennis, listen, I'm going to let you go, because I've, only because I've got to go to the travel, but, but, but I, can, uh, I can sense your uh, frustration, I can hear your anger, and... and Kind of what I, I make up. You're saying is we we don't seem to put the kids first, and that surely is the most important thing. Dennis, great call. Do call again. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
We're hearing that on the M1 southbound between Junction 11 and 10, there's been an accident involving two cars that they're on the hard shoulder, so it's a little bit slow going past there from Corlett Bill. In Cosgrove on the A508 southbound, there's reports of an accident at Northampton Road. And in Brickettwood on the A405, it's queuing because it's been partially blocked at the M1 Junction 6 for Brickettwood on the A405 because of an accident involving a lorry and a car and on the roundabout there. On the M25 clockwise, there's reports of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross on the outside lane has been blocked, according to callers. No reports of any problems so far on the trains, though. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.17, it's Friday the 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they are outraged that he hasn't been sacked yet. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. And police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow afternoon, it's a Hartbeds derby in three counties sport. Sends the keeper the wrong way, and Stevenage are ahead. Sensational goal for Luton. They've absolutely passed it today. Luton travel to Stevenage for their first ever football league meeting. It's a great goal from Luton Town. Benson knew somebody would be there. Plus, there's live commentary on Watford and MK Dons and regular updates from Wickham and Bedford Blues. He pumps it past the goalkeeper. It's a beautifully wide goal. Tomorrow from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. JVS, JVS. Oh, that is very nice. Thank you so much. Who needs the Dallas singers when you've got Ian Lee? I've got a piano now. Good for you. So I've been composing songs like that. Really? On the old piano You've forte. been writing jingles, have yeah, you? Yeah, Gosh. Yeah, yeah. My little boy is four and a half. We've got a piano. Um, and I love it. I can bash out a few chords. So I sit there in front of the piano, bashing, bashing out as much as I can, really. Just sit there bashing one away. And um, my boy wants to have... Um, it took a long time to get there, but I got there, just. Still, anyway. My boy wants to have piano lessons, four and a half. Yes. So, OK, well, we'll do, let, let's see. Yes. And the piano teacher said, well, I don't normally take children this young, but we'll... Uh, I'm doing one of those parents showing off things. I do apologise. I see, yeah. I don't normally take children this young, but we'll, we'll see. He loved it. The teacher said he was brilliant. He had the time. He focused. I got home that night. He said, Daddy, let me show you. What I've learned, he pushed two keys, two piano keys together. He said, does that sound nice? I went, I'll be honest, no, it sounds awful. He said, right, now how about this? Then he pushed another two keys and played almost a chord. How about that? That sounds brilliant. He's a natural. He's a natural. He's like one of those Chinese kids. That's, bri- that's brilliant. Yes. So um, I, was, I was wondering, because um, you're good at playing the old keyboard, maybe you could give him extra lessons. <laughs> make, make I don't think you want me to teach you. You're good with I'm kids. Not, well, I'm not, I'm not very good with trying to teach people how to do things. Oh. I have very li- limited patience. Oh. And unless they get it instantly, yeah. I'm liable to hit them. Oh, well, sometimes that works. Can you still do that? Because I used to, my yeah. piano teacher, she had a ruler. Yeah. And uh, get a wrong note, smack. Yeah. Can you still do that with children? As long as it doesn't leave marks. Oh, OK. Yeah. So just got to. 
Just going to know where. Can't use the old ruler on the fingers anymore. That tends not to bruise, though. Oh, they've taken it all the fun. All the fun! What's on your show today? Well, I feel as if in some ways I, I should just be asking the question, do you think JVS is an alcoholic? But I'm not going to make it all oh, about gosh, me. no. Have you got an alcohol problem if you drink more than one glass a night? Yes, I have. The health watchdog Nice says people drinking more than one glass every night should be given a pill to stop them wanting a second glass. They estimate around 600,000 people could be eligible for the drug, which costs £3 per tablet. World Health Organisation guidelines describe heavy drinkers as men who drink three pints a night and women who knock back two large glasses of wine. Nice say that the stop drinking drug Nalmaphene could be prescribed once a person has gone to their GP and said, I may have a problem and I want to cut down what I'm drinking. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Have you got an alcohol problem if you drink more than one glass a night? Do you think, I mean, very often, I'll, I'll, shall I be honest with yeah, you? Yeah, go on. What, what, what's, what's I'm going to tell you what I drink every day, mm. about half a bottle of wine. Yeah. Have I got an alcohol problem? No. No? No. How can you say that when I'm drinking, it would appear, far more than is acceptable? Because this is all baloney. It's all, it's all hoo-ha and hogwash. But pretty much every night, yeah. I'll have half a bottle of wine. I, mean, you, I, I mean, love it. What time do you, does that bottle of wine come out? Six. Bang. Sometimes five. <laughs> oh! On a Friday, five. Yeah, tonight. Well... Have I... In fact, on a Friday, sometimes I'll have a, a gin and tonic mid-afternoon. Yeah. And then half a bottle of wine. Oh, that's dinner. that's, uh, that's that... definitely alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get get, get thee to a twelve step program. But is that how it starts? No, not... no, no, it doesn't. You're not you're not an alcoholic. Don't, I wouldn't worry about that. How do you know this? I know alcoholics. I know how uh, how they live. You'll be all right. I, in fact, I think you could probably double it. <laughs> don't encourage me try it for a month and see how it goes well, from nine i want your views uh, have you got an alcohol problem if you drink more than one glass and i perhaps you totally disagree with ian perhaps you think that very often drink problems they start like that they start with just a glass every night then a couple of glasses every night and before you know it you're on a half a bottle and then it becomes a bottle and that is what needs to be stopped because we are all drinking too much alcohol in this country from nine this morning your call on oh eight four five nine four double five five Double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oric suggests that JVS uh, has a whole bottle of booze while he's doing the show today. That'll be the test. Now, imagine this, dear listener. You're sat at home, settling down for a, a little bit in your ca- uh, cash of your bake-off attic thing with Floggit as an hors d'oeuvre. You love those programmes, don't you? I love those programmes. And your phone rings. Oh, hello, it's, uh, it's your bank and there's a problem um, with your bank card. If you just give us the PIN number... Right, OK, now if you put the phone down and call the police, uh, we'll send a courier around to pick it up. Problem is, not your bank, not the police, and the courier is probably just some taxi driver who's got nothing to do with it. We can speak to Detective Constable Claire Long from Beds Police, who is investigating, investigating cases like this. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. This, this particular scam, I remember talking about this, well, about a year ago. It's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And we spoke to a lady earlier on, who, who sounds very sensible, d- refused to give out some of her information on the phone. She mm. thought she was doing all the right things, and mm. yet they took 1,400 quid off her. Yes, yes. What, what do we need to... How exactly does, does it work? 
Um, well, what happens is um, we have um, a, a, a chap on the whole who phones up the uh, older population of Bedfordshire. They usually age between around 50 up to age about 90. Um, and they phone the person and they tell them that they're a detective from a London police station usually. They tell them that they're aware of some fraudulent usage on their cards. Sometimes they say they've caught some people with the victim's bank cards. They ask the victim to see if they still have their cards um, and the victim generally will check they've got their cards and they'll tell this uh, detective on the phone, yes, I've still got them. Um, and the detective generally then says, oh, well, then your cards have been cloned. What you need to do is contact your bank straight away and cancel them. Um, they tell the person to use a number on the back of their card. Um, the victim is convinced by this police officer. They sound very, very genuine. The victim um, will then put the phone down and pick the phone up again and dial the number on the back of their bank card. Because they've dialed that number, they're convinced they're through to their bank. They're passed over to another person who's generally a female, um, and that female will take on the role of the bank, um, ask security questions. Um, from time to time, they even play the bank music. Mm. And they confirm everything the detective has said. They go as far as to talk about the cancellation of the cards. They might may well talk about replacement cards and how long it will take. It's very, very convincing. They're then passed back to the detective, who then convinces them that because um, this, this crime has happened, they need to collect their bank cards and that they'll send a courier. Um, that courier is, as you said, sometimes a taxi driver. Um, the victim is asked to put the cards in an envelope um, and have them ready for a courier. Um, and then obviously the cards are taken away. And, and they go and they call the cash, as much cash absolutely. as they can get. It's been happening yes. in, in Bedfordshire uh, and in yes. Bedford. Uh, the, the, you've yes. got CCTV pictures of you, of someone you'd like to talk to about this. Yes, I'd very much like to know who that man is. He's what? the person that's been using um, at least some of the cards around Bedfordshire. And because a lot of the, the, the ATMs, they've got cameras on now, haven't they? Some do, some don't, Right, yes. and how clear are the images you've got? Um, the images I've got, you can see them on the Bedfordshire Police Facebook page. Oh. Uh, those images are particularly clear. Um, okay. There's one where he looks directly at the camera. So if anybody knows him, I should think they will be able to identify him. Okay, so if they go the, the Bedfordshire Facebook page, the Bedfordshire yes. Police Facebook page, I imagine that's quite easy to find. Uh, they can go and see uh, images of the person you'd like to have a little uh, chat with. And yes. then if, if they recognise him, they go, oh, well, that's my mate Steve. How do they get yes. in touch with you? What's the best way to contact you? Um, well, they can, um, they can dial 101 um, and contact the uh, Bedfordshire Police um, and ask for DC Long. I'm on extension 5215. Um, or ask to um, speak to um, anybody in um, the Bedfordshire Serious Crime Team. They can also contact Crime Stoppers. Brilliant. Listen, go, go get them, Claire. <laughs> That's the plan. That's Thank, the plan. Excellent work. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, I appreciate you coming on and explaining that very clearly. Thank you, Claire. Detective Constable Claire Long from Beds Police. Go and have a little look. If you recognise them, do let us know um, what you think. 08459... Well, don't let us know. Let the police know, obviously. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to go and arrest a fellow, am I? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we're talking about priests, we're talking about... Um, 
Dex's Midnight Runners. Kelly? Kelly, what's wrong? Are you in a bad mood? I am not in a bad mood. OK, I'm just asking. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound, it's very heavy because of an accident between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Although the two cars in the accident were reportedly uh, very swiftly moved to the hard shoulder. In Cosgrove on the A508 southbound, there's reports of an accident at Northampton Road. And on the A1M southbound, it's looking very heavy on the speed sensors at Junction 7 for Stevenage. In Bricketwood on the A405, there's reports that it's queuing because of an accident which is partially blocking the road at the M1 Junction 6 for Bricketwood on the round about there. And on the M25 clockwise, there's reports of an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross, with callers reporting that the outside lane has been blocked because of that. There's no reports of any problems, though, on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged he hasn't been sacked yet. The Church of England says the Bishop of St Albans has up to two years to decide what to do about James Ogley. Police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. And a Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts, including from a 90 one-year-old woman in Malden whose bank has refunded the money. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton was fastest ahead of teammate and championship rival Nico Rosberg in second practice for Sunday's Japanese Grand Prix. Rosberg had finished ahead of Hamilton in the first session. The Stevenage driver leads the championship by just three points with five races to go. In football, ahead of tomorrow's Hartsbeds derby, Stevenage skipper Ronnie Henry says he knows some Luton fans were surprised at his decision to leave Kenilworth Road in the summer. It's the first football league meeting between the two clubs and Henry's first against the Hatters since lifting the conference trophy last season. I felt I'd done my my job there, um, and I could have I could have stayed there, but it was it was time to move on. I have a lot of respect for everyone at that football club, and a lot of respect for the fans. They were great great for me when I was there. Um, yeah, you say I, I brought them together, helped bring them together. It's the thing that I felt that needed to be done, and hopefully they can move on for now. Also in League Two tomorrow, Wickham hosts Northampton. Watford will be without the suspended Daniel Pudil for the Championship game at home to Brighton following his midweek red card. Manager Billy McKinley has been impressed with the players he has inherited in his first week in charge. It's been a bit of a whirlwind the last two or three days, as you can imagine. You know, I've enjoyed it. You know, we've not been able to do too much, so we'll only come in on Friday. Yeah, I mean, obviously the two games. They seem, they seem, they seem happy. They seem, they seem, they seem nice and focused and 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 you know ready to work hard and do well. So that's 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 been pleasing. And in League One, Milton Keynes Dons go to Yeovil. The former Coventry midfielder Carl Baker could feature in the Dons squad. In last night's Europa League matches, Tottenham drew one all at home to the Turkish side Besiktas. Everton drew one all away to Krasnodar in Russia. And Hemel Hempstead gymnast Max Whitlock leads the British team at the World Championships, which start in China today. The 21-year-old has already won European and Commonwealth titles this year. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle is through there. Uh, what have we talked about this morning? It's been a, it's been a bizarre one. We've celebrated the magic of Dexies. You hate Dexies. Uh, well, I just hate that song. Come on, Ali. It's been played too much and it just does my nothing. It's a pop classic. At some point before the end of the show, we will play... Justin Dealey has shown that he really can um, pull himself above the ranks of mediocrity. He's done a proper music package for us that will be worthy of Radio 1. He is brilliant. It's very good. We'll play that before the end of the show. Your um, thoughts it, on that, it please. It also sparked a pun down, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they kept coming, I have to say. Um, Maff in Hanslope. Ian, when asking in the supermarket this summer, I was told, cones in aisle 13. <laughs> See, you did that. You made that happen. I don't even know what that is. I know. Um, Neil in Royston, woman with veggie burgers on her head. Corn on, Eileen. <laughs> I mean, for heaven's sake. Uh, so that's what has been going on. Uh, and also we've been talking about more serious things, uh, talking about the uh, confidence tricksters that are operating on yep. telephones, pretending yep. to be your bank, then pretending to be the police, and then sending someone around helpfully to pick up your card. Um, all conditions on your card will say never share your PIN. Seriously, most fraud will be your local friends or family. Go to the police station or your bank. That's from MAF again. The question suggestion. is, are you an idiot if you... All oh, the Church of England are following me on Twitter now. Are Good. you an idiot if you fall for a scam? OK. I've, I've just tweeted... This is, I'm, 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 I've just tweeted. We're talking about the Church of England, the paedophile priest, and the, uh, the fact that it's a long... It could be a long, drawn-out process to uh, have him punished within the church, and they can't sack him. Church can't sack him. So I've tweeted. So I've just upset uh, the Church of England at C underscore of underscore E by asking why the paedophile priest James Ogley hasn't been sacked as a vicar. PR man has complained, which is what happened. Church of England following me now. And Duncan Bannatyne has tweeted, what? I think the misunderstanding, if I maybe put it this way, yeah. is, it, is that they think that we're criticising the bishop. We're not. No, we are questioning the, the process. Criticising the system and also standing up for the children because I've not heard them say that yet. Exactly. I'm sure they have somewhere and I must have, miss, I must have missed it. Mark in Bedford says the Church of England could resolve this very easily by changing their rules. So if you're convicted of a sexual offence, you're dismissed immediately. It seems insane to me. Well, this is what Mark says. He says it's not as if it's the first time this has happened and the fact that the church hasn't changed procedure speaks volumes about where their priorities lie. I think that's unfair. I think most people within the Church of England would want to protect children of first they and would. foremost. So the system would need looking at, I would I'm suggest. worried now the Church of England are following me. It's alright. We can all follow each other. Um, someone else suggesting that um, Freemasons are involved. I think that's, oh, I think that's unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and someone else says, um, how do we know that you are not fake and also that the policewoman you spoke to is not fake? Can you prove yourself? Ha, 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 ha. You got me there. Tell you what, give me a pin number. I'll send Dealey round. It'll be in the branded vehicle to collect the card and we'll discuss it um, while I'm on holiday in uh, the Bahamas. Andy's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Andy. Good morning. What you got for us? Uh, basically, I mean... I'm born and bred in England. Um, my father was from Saudi Arabia, my mum was from Pakistan. I was born a Muslim. Now, six years ago, I met a beautiful woman who was Christian. Uh, we've got a set of twins who are three years old now. I changed religion to be a Christian because I got sick of hearing about Muslims, this, Muslims, that, jihad, this, jihad, Is that, that. the reason you, you stopped being a Muslim? Because of all the kind of nonsense in the Daily Mail? Not the nonsense in the daily no, mail. But it's, what, it's what I heard all my life. Wow. And now, what I'm hearing today, I mean, I am totally disgusted that a Church of England saying it's going to take two years. It could, I have to clarify, because this was one of the bones of contention with the PR gentleman who got in touch with us. It could, the process means it could take up to two years. Now, not saying it will, 
but it certainly could take up to two years for them to uh, come up with a suitable punishment for James Ogley, the paedophile priest. OK, we're going to the golden question now. Since I've been listening to your radio show this morning, no one has mentioned children in any way whatsoever. I mean, where's the protection for children then? I, I, I have nothing to say to that because I, you're right. You know, the fact that we had the PR gentleman messaging us because he was worried that we were bad-mouthing a bishop or the institution, uh-huh. when it's the kids. It's the kids that surely have to be the priority. And again, I've got, to, I've got... Can I just stress this? It's a minority of priests. I have to keep stressing that in case someone tunes in. It's a minority of priests. And in this instance, it just strikes me as odd that this priest cannot be sacked. It, it is odd that he cannot be sacked. I mean, Straight I know away. a case of a police officer in Bedfordshire who did the same thing, like a sex offence. He was dismissed the next the day. Mm. Andy, listen, thank you. Uh, the, the Church of England uh, have tweeted me. Uh, sorry to hear this, uh, Ian. Please feel free to call or contact me and I'll happy to speak to you on or off air to answer your questions. Well, that's a spokesperson from the Church of England. Um, who is... Uh... I'm confused. Is that a genuine? Um, I'm confused. I'm, I'm very confused. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm confused. Catherine, I've had a, I've had a tweet from someone from the Church of England who says, I'm trying to work out exactly what their relationship with the Church of England is. Director of Communications from the Church of England who says they'll, they'll come on and talk to us. I think this is better done off Twitter. I think no, I was saying he'll come on and talk to us. Well, let, I think once he knows what's going on, surely this is just procedure is procedure is procedure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Should we get Dealy up? Let's have a little bit of deals because we were talking this morning about uh, the, the the majesty, the majesty of uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners classic hit, "Come On Eileen." It's one of those songs that you've heard too many times, so you probably think it's rubbish. It's not rubbish. It's brilliant. It's a masterpiece of gypsy folk pop rock. Of course it is. It's a masterpiece. Catherine has heard it too. We've all heard it too many times at weddings. It's one of those songs like Good Vibrations, like Daydream Believer, like, like, heard it through the grapevine, that you have to, it's kind of been around forever. Mm -hmm. And whenever I hear one of those songs, not whenever, occasionally when I hear one of those songs, I try and imagine I'm listening to it for the first time and pick out all the subtle nuances, all the, the levels, the layers. What, even Meatloaf? Oh, for goodness sakes, two out of three ain't bad. No, oh. that other one. Which one, Bat Out of Hell? And I would do it. Brilliant song. We heard it too much, though, didn't we? Yeah, we'll listen can to it again. Can you still listen to it? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can listen to Meatloaf any time of the day. Oh, Meatloaf, another legend. Let's... I've got an Eileen pun. Go on. Oh. Um, Eileen um, it does roadworks. She plays around a lot. She puts a cone on her head. Come on, Eileen. I did that one ages ago, mate. Did you? Justin. Yeah. We have been defending the majesty of Come On, Eileen. Mm. It's a work of art, a work of genius. Give us some... Uh, well, should we listen to the piece you recorded earlier? Yeah, I'm in a five past six this morning. I came into work in, I thought, it's Friday, I'm in a good mood, and then suddenly your producer starts knocking Come On, Eileen. I was absolutely furious. Yeah. I thought what I'd do, I'd put a little package together just to uh, demonstrate just how magical this song is. Ian, take a listen to this. Loved by people and DJs alike, Come On Eileen remains one of the world's most popular songs of all time. The sound is loosely based on this. I need you, my baby, and nobody else. 
Jimmy James and his vagabonds, a man like me. And was Eileen a real person, I hear you ask? Yes, she was. She had a relationship with Kevin Rowland at the age of just 13. As soon as people heard it, they rushed out to buy it, becoming their second UK number one after another classic, Gino. was written about the soul legend Gino Washington. Yes, they may have looked to state, but these guys, they knew their music. It won Best British Shingle at the Brits in 1983, and even this morning on the streets of Luton, some 31 years later, people are still talking about it. Dexy's Midnight Runners, come on Eileen, such a fantastic song. Yeah, I don't have time. Sorry. You just say yes? Yes, yes. Come on Eileen, one of your all-time favourites, yeah? Hey. Come on Eileen. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Thank you. All right, thank you. Dexy's Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen, one of music's greatest moments. There you go. Justin, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that shows a new level of your talents. Thank you. I, if, if you felt like knocking up a few of those packages, I'd be happy to play those any time you want, brother. You tell me what you want and I shall deliver. Oh, baby. I like the sound of that. OK, mm. we'll have a little think. We'll have we'll come up with some ideas for next week. Yeah, OK, no worries. Thank you, Justin. Oh, by the way, mm, tomorrow yeah. midday, what's happening? Yeah, swap until two. Two hours of great songs and great memories. The UK and American charts from this weekend in 1980 and a tribute to Lindsay DePaul, who died yesterday at the age of just 64. Justin, excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much indeed. We've also been talking about scams. Are Leslie, are you an idiot if you fall for a scam? Yes, you are. Thanks for calling. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, because um, these scams, they sound so real because I had one last year, so it's it's not, no, this has been going on. So what what, what happened to you, Leslie? And how did you see through uh, these terrible tricksters? Well, well... I had a call from British Gas, um, said I hold, I hold some money on my um, gas bill, which, yeah. which I now paid my gas bill through my, my bank. Um, then when I checked the number, cause it sounds so real, when I checked the number, the number was, was from Luton. Oh. It was a Luton number, right? Yeah. And I phoned my son and to say, because my son is a gas engineer. Yeah. And I phoned my son and I said, they haven't got an office in Luton. He said, no, they haven't. Oh. Right? I then phoned British Gas and British Gas confirmed it. No, we haven't got an office in, in, in Luton. Right? So I, I took it to the um, police station and the police officers, she um, found the number and she says to me, it is British Gas. I said, no, it isn't British Gas. They make it sound so real. So you weren't an idiot, but everyone who does fall for these scams is? They are, because they've been one time and time, you know, not to um, 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 fall for these things, and yet still they do. But they often pick on old, vulnerable people, don't they? Are you, are you saying that Anne Ferguson is an idiot? Are you saying that John Davis's mum, his 91-year-old mum, is an idiot? Well, 91, well, as you said, they normally pick on a very old, 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 old person. But I'm not, I'm not going on that road to say these... Pages are idiots, but um, I'm a younger um, 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 person. If they want to fall for these scams, they are, they are idiots. What's the cut-off age from where you, you stop being an idiot and just become vulnerable? 58? Is a 58-year-old who gets caught an idiot? 
Yeah, because I'm 61. 60, six, okay, so if, if you're 62 and you get caught, are you an idiot? Of course you're an idiot. 63 and you get caught out by a scam, are you an idiot? Well, it all depends on you, it's you know. a little bit all... hazy now. 64, if you're, you're 64 years old, you fall for a scam, are you an idiot or are you vulnerable? Well, my friend is, is 69, sorry, 79. Yeah. And, and he'd been he'd been phoned many times to say, oh, okay, oh, oh, gosh, oh, oh. you've really upped the ante. So, so a seventy-nine-year-old didn't fall for the scam. So, if you're seventy-nine and you fall for the scam, you're an idiot. You're still an idiot. Yes. Eighty. Yes. Eighty-one. Mm, so it depends on the state of mind. Eighty-two. You're an eighty-two-year-old. You fall for a scam. Are you an idiot or are you just vulnerable? You're just vulnerable. So, eight, eighty-two is the cut-off point, Leslie. Yeah, yes, about that, I would say. Yeah. I'm really glad we established that. Thank you. So, 81 and under, you fall for a scam. Well, more for you, sucker. You're an idiot. 82 and over, you're just vulnerable. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's very heavy now because of an accident between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and the M1 Junction 10 Luton Airport Spur Road because of an accident, although that was very quickly moved to the hard shoulder. On the A508 southbound in Cosgrove, there's reports that there's been an accident at Northampton Road and into Bedford on the A6 it's looking very slow, particularly around Shakespeare Road. On the A1M southbound, it's very heavy at Junction 7 for Stevenage on the speed sensors and on the A405 in Brickett Wood, there's reports that it's queuing because it's been passed blocked there as because of an accident between a lorry and a car at the M1 Junction 6 uh, for Brickett Wood on the roundabout. And on the M25 clockwise it's looking very slow after an accident earlier on uh, on the opposite carriageway between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross and calls reported that the outside lane was blocked there. Not on the opposite carriageway sorry, on the M25 clockwise. There's no reported problems on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.47 or thereabouts. It's Friday the 3rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People living near a Luton church whose vicar has been jailed for child sex offences say they're outraged that he hasn't been sacked yet. A Bedfordshire woman is trying to get her money back after being tricked in an elaborate bank fraud. Police say there's been a spate of similar thefts. And police in Thailand investigating the murder of two British tourists last month say DNA from two men matches samples found at the crime scene. More of your calls after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Once the low cloud clears, we've got a fair amount of sunshine today in spells at least, particularly this afternoon. Just a light southwesterly breeze with highs of 20, possibly even 21 degrees Celsius. Tonight the winds pick up though, although we've got clear spells at first, it does cloud over later on in the night with lows of 13 degrees Celsius. So a cloudy start to tomorrow. We've got a band of rain coming in from the west that's pushing eastward, so we start to see it in the morning probably lasting a good two or three hours um, and within some rather heavy downpours but once it's cleared we've got much brighter conditions behind it with the winds easing but feeling much fresher too with highs of 18 degrees celsius bit of a chilly night on saturday but sunday we've got sunny spells monday though it all turns a little unsettled later on in the day when it becomes wet and windy that's your latest forecast 
Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. and We love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Last 15 minutes of the show, um, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to give us a call. Oh, I'm just being handed the 845 headlines. Brilliant. I'll read those later on. Thank you so much. Got an email through. Oh, yeah, go on. This is from um, Worried of Watford. Yes. Sue. Great show. I'm really shocked by the process the church in, of the church in cases such as this. We're referring, of course, to the case of James Ogley, the um, vicar who has been given two years in prison for obscene messages he sent to a 13-year-old girl. Um, Sue writes, Currently in Hertfordshire, any organisation working with children has a duty under law to investigate staff if they're accused of any offence towards children. You have to report accusations to the local authorities' designated officer, the LADO, who will then investigate independently. This may take place alongside a criminal investigation if the evidence supports this. In this situation, the accused will be suspended during the investigation and if found guilty in law, they will be immediately be sacked. I'm sure this happens in other local authority areas. What the hell are the church playing at? Let's not forget this vicar has been convicted. There's no excuse. Sort it out. Well, we are learning this morning a lot about uh, the intricacies of ecclesial, ecclesiastical law. Turns out it's really complicated. I have no idea why it's really complicated. You've got a paedophile priest who works with people, works with children, has betrayed the trust... You should be able to boot them out. Of course you should. You should be able to boot them out. It seems, it seems pretty uh, obvious to this me. This process is an internal thing. Yeah. The, vic- the bishop has up to two years to decide this case. We're not suggesting it will take that long, but he can't just summarily dismiss anybody. That's the, the process. And let's just put this absolutely plainly. We are not criticising the, the no. bishop. He's acting within the restrictions placed on him. I'm criticising the, the process. I'm also criticising the, the, the seeming... This is what I am perceiving it as. If I have it wrong, I apologise. Uh, the perceiving lack of, uh, of the church seems to be more worried about its image than about the, the the protection of the children. I hope that's wrong, but that's kind of the, the idea I'm getting from the communications that we've had. The kids should be first. That's obvious. That shouldn't even be open for debate. And if, as Sue says, local authorities have this procedure whereby they follow a court case, and as soon as someone's found guilty, you're out. Why, why isn't the church keeping up? Imagine I got done, right, for pretending to be a 14-year-old boy, going online, uh, getting fruity, fruity, that completely demeans it, being sexually explicit with a 13-year-old girl and encouraging her to have sex with a younger sister, right? I, I, get, I do that. I go to prison for two years. The BBC wouldn't have an internal inquiry to decide whether I come back and do the show or not. They might have an internal inquiry to work out how, how I managed to get work at the BBC, did I do it on BBC premises, but I'd be out. Immediately. Would would never be able to darken a BBC door ever again. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Do you remember earlier in the programme we asked whether, as a Christian, this is something you could forgive? Yeah. Nothing at all. No? Well, listen, eight minutes. Could you forgive this as a Christian? Very difficult. Abraham's in Walden. Morning, Abraham. Uh, Good morning. What would you like to say? Um, It's it's quite 
I mean, my time, I don't to hear some of these things. And as you said, you see, the attention is on the church, how to protect the church's image and how to protect their own. That, that's the pastors and the bishops. You see, we, we, we've seen similar things happening. And the ladies who at times fall to, to some of these pastors who groom them and use them for their own sexual pleasure, find out, you know, at the end of the day, they, they can come out to say it because you'll be victimized, you'll be humiliated, and all that. And they have people to support them. Some of them resign from the churches and form their own churches. And they have people to follow them. You see, the church is now sort of a business where they make money. Uh, Abraham, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm making up lots of things from, your, from what I'm hearing. I'm making up from your name that you are a Christian. I am. Is that correct? And what, what church, do, what, not the specific building, but what, what, what kind of church are you a member of? I, I, I am a Pentecostal. Pentecostal, a second Pentecostal. Yeah. Great to know that we're, um, we've got a lot of Pentecostal listeners. Have you, obviously without mentioning any names, have, have you experienced, have you heard stories about this thing happening within your church? I have witnessed some of them. Yeah. And, but they can't come out. They can't come out. That is the thing. The, the, the victims she, she's too ashamed to come out. Isn't that incredible? I, I, again, I'm, I'm I'm kind of filling in the gaps. I'm assuming you're talking about um, older women as opposed to children. Would that be right? It's not children. No, older it's, it's older women who who have been <laughs> manipulated by the the, the priests. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about yeah. here. That's what I'm talking about here. And they feel too they feel too embarrassed or ashamed to speak out about it. Exactly. Some of them fall into serious problems. They go to these pastors because they think there are people you can confide in, help you pray and come back again. But they use you as a sex material because they know you, you, you are in a state where you need them. That's all that they do. And as a Christian, listen, I'm not a man of faith, Abraham, but I do, I, I've been brought up thinking you can trust vicars. You, the church is a nice place to hang out and you can trust vicars. How do you think stories like this, this Church of England uh, vicar and, and the stories you're alluding to in your church... What do you think it does to, to the image of the church? Damaging. Very damaging. And at times, it dampens your spirit even going to church. You see it as sort of like a place which is set up to, to, to extract money from you. Because these some of these Pentecostal churches, all that they do, you know, come and pay your dues, pay tight, whatever money you gain, they ask you to pay 10% of it. That's tight. One you pay for the, for the benefit of the church, but you find out it's... it's, it's as if you don't even benefit. From One that. final question, Abraham, and this is going off on a slight tangent. We're asking this this, this vicar uh, who's um, uh, was sending obscene messages to a thirteen-year-old girl, uh, 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 really obscene. As a as a Christian, could you forgive him? He can't be forgiven. He can't or be forgiven. He can't. He can't forgive him because you being a vicar, you're supposed to know better. And what you preach is what you're supposed to practice. People look after you. I can't see any reason why my doctor will, will, will try to do something, will prescribe a medicine that will kill me, mm. and, then, and then go scot-free. Abraham, listen, I've got to move on just because I want to squeeze in at least one more call this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Well, it's, uh, we've got a big uh, number of Pentecostal listeners, which is good to know. We've That's, got two. We've got two. Which is, we haven't spoken to before, so th- thanks for ringing. Thank you very much indeed. It's always nice to hear new voices on this. Andy's in Letchworth. Morning, Andy. Good morning. Andy, what would you like to say? OK, it's very... It's, it's very horrific, but I grew up <coughs> at, within a religion. I won't mention the religion, because I think it's unfair on family that are still in that religion. But I experienced paedophilia um, from a family friend, a very close family friend, on his children, and it was quite horrific what he did to all of them. But the, the sad bit about it, speaking about forgiveness, is that 
because of the process of that religion, you could become, uh, what's the word, reinstated, I guess, so you could sit at the back of the church and, and then eventually you'd be allowed back in again, which meant that, okay, his wife divorced him, but a year later she sat in the same church as, as her ex-husband has done all these horrible things. With the kids. I, I am I'm making up. You don't need to answer this, but, but from what I, I am making up that this is this is Jehovah's Witnesses. I can't answer. That Please either. don't, Andy. I'm sorry. I hope I've not put you in a comfortable position. But it does sound, it does sound incredible. But let's come at this from a slightly different angle. Should we be able to, or should Christians or whatever religion be able to forgive these I think, people? I think everyone should be able to forgive anyone. Otherwise, people get locked up forever for anything they do. Mm. You know. People have to have a second chance, but at the same time, in this case, this big story in the news, etc., that is—it's not so much him and what he's done. I mean, that's bad enough, but the church compounded it by by this crazy, absolutely crazy system. If a, if a reverend or a vicar knocks on your door, you instantly assume a position of trust. Mm. Of course, you do. Years, he could have that level of trust. <laughs> it's, just, it's just shocking. Of course you do. I've said it before. You know. By the way, it's a minority of vicars that do this. I must keep hammering that yeah. home in case the, the church get upset even more. But I have been brought up. I'm not religious, but I trust vicars. I trust. I trust that white that that white collar and that black suit. I trust it. I know. I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Andy, listen, I appreciate your story. I hope I didn't put you in an awkward position there. Uh, that's um, that's that's it. That's have we got any texts or anything, Kath? To, 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 do we need to? Um... Do we have got any texts or anything we need to mop up before we uh, hand over to JVS? Let's have a very, very quick check. Lots of new callers, by the way, today. And uh, may, may your God bless you for that. It's, it's appreciated. Always good to get new and uh, different voices on. Uh, Paul Garner, who is one of Britain's uh, premier comedy writers, has tweeted me, Ian, you're on fire this morning. Uh, idiot or vulnerable made me laugh like a drain. That's regarding our scam story. But I'm glad that Leslie clarified it for us. <laughs> if you're 81 and under and you fall for a scam... We'll fool you. And if you're 80 till we're over... Poor you. Oh, dear. That's it. That's your lot. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's reports that it's very heavy there because of an accident which has not been cleared to the hard shoulder, uh, but it's still looking a little very slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Into Bedford on the A6 is looking very slow past Shakespeare Road, and in Roxton, the A1 Great North Road is looking very slow southbound around the Black Cat roundabout. On the A1M southbound, it's heavy at Junction 7 for Stevenage, but on the A405 at Brickett Wood, the accident there has now been cleared at the M1 Junction 6, and and that's, that's easing off there now with the queues from the M1 coming off there. On the M25 clockwise, it's very slow because of an accident earlier on between Junction 16 for the M40 and Junction 17 for Maple Cross, with calls reporting that the outside lane was blocked, so it's still slow around there. But no problems to report on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. That's it, that's your lot. Look at me, I'm tweeting to a friend I haven't seen for a couple of years. How rude. I've I've barely finished. Thank you for all of your calls, new and old. New podcast coming up soon. Until Monday, and we do it all again. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Have you got an alcohol problem if you drink more than one glass a night? The health watchdog, Nile.